if it was your last day at Chipotle and you, you know, like you were really upset for the, whatever reason you were leaving, I think a really great thing to do would be to lock the bathroom and, and take the key with you. Oh, God. That would be probably a really great way to. <laughs> and people secret, people secret are bench. banging on the doors to get out. And when they do, like a tidal wave of shit splatter. Just, just, just go to the Starbucks across the street and just watch. <laughs> just wait for the aftermath. <laughs> Get together, have a few laughs. Masters of the universe. You get like a crazy, like, the shining episode yeah. <laughs> of the uh, elevator door opens. People losing it just left and right. <laughs> Sitting on the tiny hole for the garbage can. Oh, Which, shit. just as a man, as a point of this public declaration, when did it when did it get to be not okay for the public to be in charge of putting garbage into a garbage can like the hole has to be the size of a straw now you can like shove it in. like when did we why was that a right that was taken away like oh i don't know here's an open garbage where people swimming in garbage cans playing in garbage cans in restaurants yeah as you go into like a chipotle or Qdoba, there's like there's a hole the size of you know just a sandwich <laughs> and like put all of your garbage right it's through like how how what what kind of equation have you worked up here this yeah. is not okay yeah, no, it's not. There's a full open garbage can yeah. under this thing. Just let me put the garbage in there. What kind of cruel prank is what this? What is this? Who made know. that decision? That was horrible. It's clear that the people of Chipotle give no fucks for humanity. And that's why I don't go there. I don't either. That is why. That is precisely the reason why. Unless they have cool like Marvel superhero cups. If they did that, I'd probably go. In which case, I would be shitting liquid for days. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that was a pleasant little pre-conversation yeah. we had there. That's just that's a good way to get things going. That's how we roll on the on the Cinemasters yep. of the Universe podcast. Violent diarrhea, <laughs> right out the gates. I feel like that's going to be the intro. Violent diarrhea. <laughs> Cue the music. All right, all right. It's episode fifteen of the 15, Cinemasters of the 15. Universe. That is one fifth of seventy-five. And I know that you're correct. Not in uh, yes, mass. Hey, Adam, do you know what episode this is? It is episode one fifth of seventy five. Yes, and which that means, of course, it's the living daylights. Yes, in the old James Bond universe. Jimothy Bond counting up those James Bond movies. Those Jimbo Bond. Jimbo Bond. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> that would be another kind of movie. Entirely. I'm, I'm Jimbo Bond. Bang, bang, bang. Wait, how would the how would the James Bond thing go? It'd be a banjo. It would be a banjo. I got you. Yeah, I was thinking like one of those like little blow jugs. You can get one of those in there too. Yep. I think that's totally acceptable. You could have like a whole little country <laughs> band. You could get the Country Bears. Oh yeah, from Disney. Well, they got rid of the Country Disney Bears. Disney owns everything. They got rid of them. Disney probably owns James Bond. Wait, did they get rid of the Country Bears? I think they did. Yeah, they made a movie with Chris. They did. Walken. I saw it in theaters. Why do you do that? Uh, <laughs> Nothing to do that afternoon. I'm your host, Ron Avis. He's your other host, Adam Peterson. Did I just say I'm Adam Peterson in my head? Like, I'm not even sure. I I've had some Jim and Coke right before the episode. 
I did. I hope the things that you say in your head also get said out of your head. They, the things mind. that are appropriate in my head are going to come spilling out in, in backwards reverse. Yep. Right backwards here. reverse. Mm. Delicious. You know how you're a redneck when you drink friggin' Jack and Coke from a Logan? It's like mostly Jack, right? 30. Yeah, well, it's like 90%. It's like 15 out of 75. It's one fifth. It's one fifth. This is a fifth. You is that what they mean by a fifth? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. The Who cares? Cheers, everybody. To alcohol. I'm your host, Ron Avis. Yes. <laughs> mm. And we got a fun episode, number 15, for everybody. For everybody, including yourself and us. Not including just for us. yourself. Sometimes it's all we care about. It's what's Sometimes, going on right here. Time. We're very selfish people. For like 14 episodes, I, actually, yeah. I didn't even realize we were being recorded. I had no idea. And I just cut it up and said, fuck it. Let's put it on I the air. I didn't consent to most of it. <laughs> I'm glad you edited out a lot of the things that I significantly did not consent to. I didn't want it to, but you kind of made, your lawyer kind of made me. That you Antonio a, Browned me. That was a tough Ooh, conversation. Ouch. That's Ooh, hot, that's, hot, hot topic. That's topical. That's a hot topic. Uh, no, but for this episode, we're starting up with our coming attractions. This is going to be our Rad Dads. Rad Dads. Oh! We got Rad Dads, for and for the feature presentation, we're going to talk about 10... Movies with balls is what I was going to call it, but it could just be 10 great sports, sports movies. Good, because 10 like, great snorts movies. Snorts. Cocaine, everybody. Snorts. 10 great movies featuring cocaine, heavy cocaine usage. Heavy. Cocaine. Number one, Scarface. Number two, Scarface. Number three, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Baby geniuses. Baby genius. We, we had a similar thought, but you went way crazier. And I love it. The next one of the Baby Geniuses 2, Super Babies. The super Babies. There was a Baby Geniuses 2? There was a Baby Geniuses 2. Oh, two. shit. Was it theatrical? I Police? believe so. I believe so. Whoa. Whoa. No, but we're going to talk about 15, 10 great sports movies. Uh, you know, we, we didn't really discuss the parameters. We could do 15. I've got, I've got enough. We could probably do 15. I've got at least 9 or 10. You know, there, there's millions. You could do 15 great baseball movies probably alone. But we're just going to narrow it down for we're we're not doing the top ten because that's we don't we don't roll that way anymore. We just we're just picking ten great movies. Yep. Because we may revisit the topic down the road. Down the road, baby. And and then for our uh, the what do we call it the final or the, the, the post credit scene the post credit scene post credits the the trail not the trailer but what what's the stinger? Some people call it the stinger in the biz. Ooh. I don't know because it why would they call it that? Because of bees. 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 <laughs> no, post-credit scenes, we're going to do um, the uh, Trivia Junket. The Trivia Junket. Trivia Junket. Our second go-around of the Trivia Junket, because I really, really enjoyed the first go-around. It was a lot of fun. It was great. I need to get more note cards. You do? Did you not purchase enough note cards? Did you not think that was going to be a successful segment? I, I purchased enough note cards. Okay. I just have children. I'm going to write all of mine on underwear. I, I don't have any more because I, I have children. And oh, so and they just draw all them. of my note cards. Yeah, are gone. I bought 150 of them, and I used 10. What and do you the, make with the you, rest? Are gone. Children kill me. Like little kids, like they Eventually, they don't yes, they, they don't make good use of the space they have. Children make horrible. They decisions. could they could write they could draw little tiny pictures and and make those things go really far. But no, they'll draw one gigantic squiggle head. Yep, and then move and to the next card. I'm like, are you are you making an animated draw flick? more? Draw more. Draw more on that. Or at least put a little effort into it. Damn. Come on. I got to pretend like that's a work of art. Yeah. That's, this is Bush League. Bush League. That's Bush, baby. Uh, yeah, so we got those three things lined up. And um, 
I, I, I think what more could you guys ask for? You well, a lot. You got two great trivia masters here. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna put it on the line. You defeated me in the first go around. Barely. So I'm gonna be looking for some payback. Barely. And uh, I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna surprise one another with the surprise. theme because I kind of dug that. It was it was unintentional. It was. We didn't really even. I, at least you you were thoughtful. You were like, I'm gonna make this a theme. And then you'd like kind of let me know like eh, maybe an hour or two before we were gonna get together. And I was like, shit, man, I gotta put some effort into this. Can't just come up with ten unrelated questions. You could. I could have. But I did. You didn't. You I came didn't. up with you had a theme. You did. I had a theme, a theme. You had a theme. So we're gonna come up with two surprise themed themes. questions. So look forward to that next time. Next. All right. So without further ado, we're gonna do rad dads. And I believe I went first on the first segment last time. So why don't you go first Ooh. with the little movie that you watched with your kids starring a certain uh insurance salesman. You call him that, right? You could. He's a spokesman. Yeah. Who's now a pizza spokesman. Yeah. He's, he ha, he owns a Papa John's, apparently. He's, he's, a, he's a spokesman to the world. He's a genie. He's a pizza spokesman. He's Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille Let's talk about what movie that you watched Track with your attack. kids. We watched Kazam. 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 Booyah. All right. So I haven't seen Kazam. I have. I have. I'm sure you have. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it a number of times. He who has the box set of all Shaquille O'Neal yes. movies. Your sports movies are just going to be five Shaq movies, aren't they? I, 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 I intentionally didn't. I was like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm leading with Shaq. Yeah. So we're, okay. we're going to keep Shaq. Kind You're of not going to give me that satisfaction. I'm not just going to inundate everyone with Shaquille O'Neal. Why not? I could. I wonder how many Shaquille O'Neal-themed podcasts there are out there. There can't be more than 20, right? Not enough. We could start one and instantly be in the top 20. What if all five of my movies were just Uncle Drew? I just wanted to talk about <laughs> Uncle Drew over and over and over. I was like, what's... I would end this podcast. There Coming back, no. <laughs> number three, it's going to be a big surprise for you. Uncle Drew. Uncle uh, there's Drew. more that I'd like to share. You didn't see that coming for didn't number five. Didn't see that one. Totally caught you by surprise. Mm. But it's a great Shaquille O'Neal movie. Not yeah. as great as Kazam. Uh, probably. I will. I'm, I haven't seen either one, but I'm going to agree with you. I have seen both of them. I own both of them. Other than this, you're a big Kyrie Irving fan. Yeah. You might disagree with I did, our I, assessment. I didn't really know who he was. I don't follow a lot of basketball. I don't know if he was one of the old guys or not. I think he I think was. he is I think he's Uncle Drew. Was he Uncle Drew? Yeah. How could he be Uncle Drew? He's too young to be. They're they're all old. dressed as old older gentlemen. Yeah. They all had the white they're old powdered. They just they just put a bunch of white powdered and in their Chris hair. Chris Weber. Done. They're old. None of those guys look that old. There was there was I was one fellow I didn't know. I think he was from the Detroit Pistons. Dennis um, Rodman? No. No, it was a different Isaiah Thomas. Different chap. Uh, 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 Bill Lane Beer, a younger, a younger fellow. I think oh. he still plays. I don't know. I don't follow basketball. Okay. I don't. I don't know who it was. Oh, uh, Blake Griffin. No. I and the only reason I know that is because I've seen so many clips of the uh, Comedy Central roast of Alec Baldwin <laughs> that I actually know who Blake Griffin is. Okay. Okay. Uh, there, I can't think of any other. No, it's players. some some other chap. Uh, how about? Manute Bowl, that's got to be him. Right? I wish he was him. <laughs> I wait, miss. he's dead, actually, I think. He is. He's unfortunately dead. R.I.P. Manute. Manute. Not a day goes by, I don't think about Manute Bowl. <laughs> Did you see the Manute Bowl at Cruise Line bit from yes. Saturday Night? That was awesome. He was on all three cruises. <laughs> Manute will be there. <laughs> he's going to be there. He wakes up. Like it's, I think it's uh, there's one of them where it's Rob Schneider and... Uh, Oh, Victoria Jackson. I think they wake up in their in their their stateroom on on the cruise, yeah. and they're waking ah oh, waking up, and there's Manute laying on the bed that's over by the window, and he's like, oh, hey, and he's in his long pajamas. <laughs> it's fantastic, Manute Bull. 
What a guy. The poor man, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, yeah, I guess so. He's great. Although he didn't really play in the Shaquille O'Neal era. Very no, long. but he's just, he's a great person. He was like the poor man's David Robinson. He's the kind of person you just want to hang out with all the time. Totally. Forever. Totally. Just, just me and that seven foot seven was, I was like tall to think drink was, of water. I always like to think he was well over 18 feet tall. Just Pro- because. Yeah, well, yeah. Right. He seems like the kind you of You can't guy. prove he wasn't. No. People. Because his remains have been burned. Don't you, don't you let me know I'm wrong, because I know I'm right. Yeah. We're so right. right to be drinking this Jack and Coke on the yeah, podcast right now. That's right. Jack and Coke in my 32. That's not even 32 ounces, man. That's like much larger than It doesn't ounces. say how many fluid ounces it is. It doesn't. Which is a bit of a It's just, down. it's Logan coming March 3rd. March 3rd. Said the year that that was released. Set your calendars to March 3rd. Mm-hmm. Oh, that year for, that it was set for Logan. Your, set your time machines, folks. Yes. So please, tell me about Kazam. Give me, give me, a, give me a rundown of what it is. Basically so Kazam yeah. uh, features a... There's a there's a, a young boy, and uh, he he lives with his mom in in New York, and he uh, he's he's a bit of a um, uh, he's a bit of a, a despondent youth, I would say. <laughs> um, he doesn't doesn't do very well in school. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad is not in the picture, and he, he would like to see his dad, and he's getting bullied by by a group of rapscallions, ne'er do wells, you might say. Uh, one of which is... Do they force him to eat white <clears throat> dog shit? They don't. Damn. Not in this one. No. Okay. In the sequel, maybe we'll All bullies should do that. They, it's it's a very bully thing to do. Yeah. It's a bully go-to. It's a bully, yeah. It's I like to think page, it was. I never ate one. dog shit or was forced to eat dog shit, but yeah. I kind of wish I had. Well... I'd like to be able to tell that story. It's never too late. For sympathy. Never too late. Just suckling at the old sadness teeth. Sadness teeth. <laughs> <week> two. <laughs> Mom's sadness teeth. <laughs> That was you knew bad. that was coming back. Oh, you knew man. that was coming. Sadness back. tea. It's going to have to work its way into more it's, episodes. It's another one of the things that just makes this podcast amazing. I want a third host, and I just want it to be Sadness Tea. Yeah, that's their name. I just want to have like a tea behind us. Yeah, with a frowny face. <laughs> Sad. So he's he's a uh, he's he's despondent. He is uh, bullied in in school. He needs a friend. He needs a he needs a seven foot two genie friend. He does, he and uh, um, one and of one dunk. of one of the bullies. Yes, one of the bullies, Efren Ramirez. Does that name jump off the page of you, Efren Ramirez? Efra, of course. Efren Ramirez, who played uh, Pedro in the movie Napoleon Dynamite. Oh snap! Efren Ramirez. Oh shit! He's one of the bullies. It's a sledgehammer. Yes, I have that bike too. By the way. <laughs> I owned. I did not I owned, even know that was a real bike. Brand. I owned a Huffy Slash. I just hammer. thought that's a funny name to name a bike. When I saw that on screen, I shouted out loud, "I have that bike!" But then, weren't you instantly kind of saddened by that? I was. I was like, you know what? I mean, if I've ever been cool in my life, it's right now. He's a sledgehammer. Yeah. Well, it's Pedro though. He Pedro. was class president. You were supposed to vote for him. You were from that shirt that everyone wore. Or that horse summer. Yep. Fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> no real platforms. I mean, just when you go, when you when you really go down Summer's list of things that she's running on, yeah, none of it is of substance. What were what were her three top promises? To One the of the class? things she was going to put a Bonnie Bell lipstick dispensers, lip gloss dispensers, <laughs> yeah. in all the girls' restrooms. That's that's frankly, you know what? That's horseshit. I know it feels it feels a bit early to be busting out horseshit. No, but that is horseshit. Don't hold it back if it if it's a calling for horse shit. Well, and I, I honestly, when you think, I don't think you could make that movie in twenty nineteen because that's not very woke. It's not very. 
That's binary. It's, it's not very woke. I mean, if you're going to put those just in the girls' restroom, yeah. why, why are we, we're not going to get on political stuff, but that's just not very woke. And I'm not okay with that. I'm not either. I'm not. Get woke. Get woke, Summer. This was like, what, 2010? Get even woke. 2005? I don't know. Yeah. It should matter. Everyone should be held accountable for all of their Everything passwords. you've ever done. Yes. You're Everything. canceled, Summer. You're canceled. You're canceled. Okay. Next. All right. <laughs> Moving along. Yep. So he's being chased by these bullies, and he falls through a uh, falls through the floor in a uh, in a warehouse. Mm. Probably not the place children should be. Any, anyways, why do children but, always uh, insist on playing in these abandoned shoddy warehouses? Shoddy craftsmanship, um, and probably just age. I would imagine is a huge factor. Falls through, yeah. and he he uh, inadvertently unleashes Shaquille O'Neal, the genie Kazam, from his boombox. That's where he's contained inside a boombox. Fantastic. So uh, I love that they changed it up. Yeah, they made it. They made it very nineties. They brought it to us. You know, Shaq brought some notes. Oh yeah, he had a little note, not many notes. He rapped a lot in the movie. On a bit, on a on a little note card in big crayon letters, he wrote "boombox." Yep, he is a rapper. He is a he's he's, he's a rapper. He has he's rap Shaq albums. Diesel. He's got rap albums you can listen to. You know my co-host of uh, the Biggie podcast, Nick. Yes, he owned the first Shaquille O'Neal. That Shaq Diesel. He owned it, and we we jammed to it all the time. Because Shaq is amazing. Just a couple of white guys. Just a couple of white guys. Shaquille O'Neal. Jamming to Shaq. <laughs> Shaq attacks back, Jack. Yes. It wasn't that bad. No, he's, I mean, he's got, he's I mean, got some, you know. He's got, for 90s, when you go back and you frame that in 90s rap, it was like, he's no worse off than anyone else. Not really. Oh. Not really. And you love him because he plays basketball well. Yes. You already love him. Like, let him rap. It's fine. I mean, anytime you can work Shack Attack into a into a rhyme, yeah. Boom Shackalaka, boom Shackalaka, just yeah, shack it up. You can't fuck with that ice. Just tea. put a little shack in there. Ice cube, ice, stir it ice up. others. Yeah, just get some shack in there. Just stir it up. Stir up a little shack. So he releases Shaquille O'Neal from his magical boombox. Yes, and he has to grant he has to grant all three of. Uh, of Max's wishes mm-hmm. before he can go back into the box. But these are good wishes. Um, he, he doesn't believe he tries. He tries to wish for a jaguar, the the car, not the animal. Not the animal. Um, Damn, I wish it would have been the animal. That would have been, that been amazing. That would have been one of the things I would like. For. Shaquille like, like thinking that he was gonna like you know like teach him a lesson, not to be too special. You gotta yeah. be more specific. Here's an actual live jaguar. Oh, and the he, kid's like, "Fuck yeah!" He ripped your face off <laughs> the first thing. Oh, that's <laughs> second wish. I wish for my face back. That's what I wish for. I want to show those bullies. My, my pet jaguar. This ja- I'm going to release the jaguar on the bullies. No more bullies. You know what annoys me? The car company, when they say jaguar, they go, jaguar. Yeah, it's not that many syllables. No, just two. Just the two. Quit adding a syllable to make it more important sound. That is not a word. Jaguar. That's someone saying jaguar while having a stroke. Or having an orgasm. That too. <laughs> That's stroke, just, strokes. Funny. That's just that's just to see where the orgasms like the cheap joke. Both, I went for the cheap joke. Both well, strokes. I mean, I'm gonna, strokes not like stroking off. It's not like a stroke you of genius. Make some sort of circle there. Yeah. Anyway, God damn it, Ron, stop it. Get back on track. It's all right. <sighs> so he tried to wish for a jaguar. Tried to wish for a jaguar. Didn't work because his powers were rusty. Ooh. Um, but eventually, his first wish is he wished for um, junk food to rain from the skies. And he fills an entire fills oh. an entire warehouse with cheeseburgers and candy and French fries and pizza and 
he's amazed. He's like, oh, you really are a genie. That really is a kid's first wish. And that was Tucker's favorite part, which yeah. I knew it would be. I, yeah. like, I said, look, Tucker, look at all of that candy. Oh, I forget. This is intended to be a kid's movie. Yes. I'm yes. looking at Peter going, this is bullshit. This, is a, this movie is horseshit. <laughs> Why would he do that? I want the Jaguar. Where's the a million dollars, man. I don't, I don't want a bunch of candy. I can't eat that. You know the old guys are watching the movie. Yeah. You should have wished. I'd have wished for a new hip. I would have wished for grapefruits. Unlimited grapefruits. Just a lot of grapefruits. One, an unending grapefruit. You take a bite and you look back down and the bite's still there. I would have wished to be able to pee without hurting. Sad. Mm. Kind of sad. Anyway, first wish. First wish. First wish and, and Tucker dug that. Tucker was a big nice. Tucker's a big candy fan. As most children are. Yes. Yeah. And me. And me. I'm just an overgrown child. <laughs> Same. <clears throat> um, but the plot goes on. He uh, he he finds out his mom is trying to remarry a fireman, mm-hmm. um, and uh, his she. He, he stumbles upon a, a slip of paper and finds out his dad, who he thought was not anywhere within um, walking distance, is within Larry walking Bird. Distance, is within walking distance. No kidding. No kidding. He's wow. within walking distance for the child. That father didn't really do much to get like no away. From no. <laughs> so he goes to find him. And yeah. He, he works at a club where they play rap music. Oh. Ooh, plot twist. <laughs> Wonder how we're gonna work. Guess who's got a, a famous rapping genie basketball? Wonder how we're gonna work rapping to Best this friend. Ooh. Yeah. So he goes and uh, he makes. That was Shaq's other note. That was his other note. That was his other note. Oh, there's Second a club. Act, man, there's gotta be a club. There's a club <laughs> where they play rap music. Uh, so he, he goes and he makes it known that he's his, his son. Uh, he's kind of a shitty dad. Yes. Shocker. Yeah. Oh, he he's this, he's a uh, you know what do you call it like deadbeat dad? No, he yeah. might not be a deadbeat dad. He does own a club. He he kind of turns out okay in the end, but he abandoned his child. Yeah, wasn't a great dad yeah. for for a while. Yeah, um, he was not a rad dad. No. Um, so <clears throat> over the course of of everything, um, he the second wish um, a uh, a tape, a cassette tape, a recording of of a particular night goes missing and his. Max's dad is on the hook for it. And so he wishes for a copy of this tape. All the meanwhile, Shaq has been discovered in this club as a as a rapper. And so he's they want him to perform. And the guy that owns the club, because uh, Max's dad just kind of manages the club. Okay, okay. The guy that owns the club is of some kind of Middle Eastern descent. Oh, shit. Because he, he has the revelation. He realizes that Shaquille O'Neal is a genie. And he wants to use, he wants him as his personal genie. Because he's Middle Eastern? Because he's... Because he knows about genies from the Middle East. Jesus genies Christ! Are from the Middle East again, <laughs> not terribly woke. What? Did you did you count the stereotypes? I should like, have. You There's should Sony. Have. There was Magnavox. Yeah. Um, there was RCA. Uh-huh. That's a joke. Those are all different kinds of stereotypes. Types of stereo. <laughs> uh, My little hamster brain was like going crazy there for like dad. What joke is he talking about? In the middle of rad dads. Dad jokes. That's what I did there. Diddly diddly dee. Oh yeah. Jokes. So uh, it culminates in, in this. The f- I gotta say, I gotta say, if I'm if I'm rating this kid's wishes, not great, not good. No, he the, he he. The second wish is for the tape 
his really so that his dad, because he wants really at the end of everything, he just wants his dad to be back in his life. Just wish for your That's dad to fall back in love with you again, the, man. The whole thing is though, he because he wishes. That's kind of gross. He wishes for that is that would that would be a little bit off putting. That's a Nambla kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, I didn't he, mean it that way. He wishes that his mom and his dad will fall back in love. And That's Shaq, sweet. Shaq explains like, no. I don't do ethereal. And I was like, well, that's a that's a big word for Shaq. And that then he, big he explains to Max what ethereal means, yeah. which is great. You, it's learning while you're watching this movie. Yeah. Um, Getting smarter. So you're, you kind of, they don't, he doesn't lay out the rules like Robin Williams' genie does in the last. In the first part. But there's, yeah. oh, we've bumped up against can't the wall. Can't bring back the dead. Can't yep. fall in love. Yep. So He waits to the second wish. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, I can't do that. So um, then uh, there's, there's a, uh, there's some turmoil in the third act where Max, uh, you think he's dead? You think he's perished Holy from a fall? Wow. Yeah. Okay. There's some serious, uh, just dramatic Takes effect a there. Weird turn. Yeah. The big fight scene. There's a big fight sequence when an, when a shark comes out of the pool ah, behind him, like eats, eats his eats ass, like Sam Jackson. He flies out of a plane. Like, wow, that is wow. I did not expect that. Kurt Russell has to finish stopping the terrorist. You're like, is Kazam did it first? Steven Seagal really did. <laughs> He's really dead. <laughs> They're trying to can't oh, land on Air Force He's One really in midair. Man, this movie sounds way cooler. Uh, it is. It's a really cool movie. Yeah, um, that's Kazam too. But in, in the end, one of my favorite parts is uh, after Kazam has beat up all of the cronies of the of the bad Middle Eastern guy. Oh no! Um, he 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 stuffs. <sighs> he magically stuffs the Middle Eastern guy into a basketball, and he slam dunks him down a uh, uh, some sort of ductwork. Slam dunks and was like, oh yeah, we worked rap and basketball. Did he do that like Shaq, famous Shaq dunk where he kind of hangs and like puts his legs? He up? did. He did not do that. Damn, that was that was unfortunately lacking. Ah, oh, that that was that was a missed opportunity right there. But he uh, he gets he gets Max and it appears as though Max has died, but he comes back to life and everything is good. And Max's third wish was that his dad could have a second chance. And he reminds me like I can't do ethereal stuff. Yeah, but in this turn of events uh max comes back to life and shack begins to he begins to turn into this giant golden see-through um genie and mm. it turns out he's freed from his genie dumb uh in a similar fashion that uh in in, in aladdin did he he's, have the goofy hat on and all he that? he had all of his his shack gear on as the genie okay. but um he ends up. He's freed from his servitude as a genie. Okay. And you see him. There's there's a, there's a little bit of an aftermath. Um, Max gets carried out of, of the building, and uh, he goes home. His his dad, he admits, hey, I've been a bad guy, mm. um, and he's wanted by the police. He's Who like, played a father? He's just some guy. There's, some guy. There, yeah. They're uh, really outside of Shack. Uh, even the kid. Uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, should have been Pedro. Should have been the kid. His his mom was played by uh, some lady. A lady. Yeah, I think and it was a lady. I think it was a lady. There Probably. Was a, there were some ladies and some some, some mannequin some guys. Some gentlemen. <laughs> it's in the a film. lamp. Um, there were some lamps. <laughs> I will uh, remember some lamps. The supporting cast. Um, but uh, the mom and the new guy that she's going to marry and son they walk off. But right before that, you have this touching moment where dad's like, hey, I got to take responsibility for my stuff. But once I come back, is it okay if we have a relationship? He's like, yeah, that'd be great. So it ends on this really happy note. It's He's, okay if I knock those boots, mama. And then like the movie ends that, with, the, with like the kid's face. I think like, that's the alternate uh, ending. Yeah. I think that's the, 
I think it was a deleted. They just alternate. make them watch like, oh, as they reconsummate their relationship. Call CPS here. Get them involved in this. Why am you I see, into this surprise Sha- twist ending? See Shaq walking away with um, with a lady who was. No, who Shaq's was, photographing everything. He's just filming everything. That is that is part of the alternate ending. I didn't watch with, with my children. Um, <laughs> and he comments on it a, quite a bit. There's like. 12 commentary tracks. He's, he's got on a lot that of scene. notes. He's got a lot of notes. He did. He did go that. note crazy on the end. But pictures, yeah. too. He drew a lot of pictures. Pictures. I love Shaq. Shaq Attack is back. What so, year was that movie made? Uh, in the 90s. I, I don't recall off the top of my head. I want to say like 96. Was this his first starring role? I think it may have been his first starring role. Yeah, because he was in Blue he's not had many. He's not had many movies where he stars. No. He's in a lot of movies as Shaq. He's in, a, he's in a lot of Adam Sandler movies here recently. He's in Freddy Got Fingered as Shaq. Yeah, you're not really acting if you're always credited. If you're just Shaq. Just being like who you are. Shaq just showed up on set. Was What's like, the director going to say? <laughs> Let's not use Shaq even though he's yeah. here. Yeah, yeah you're going to no, put, Shaq, gonna in put Shaq in. For sure. So All he needs is just 20 cheeseburgers. That's his going that's great. It. That's it. But yeah, the the children, both of my children, they, they loved Kazam, big fans. They've seen. So they were rad I dad was a for rad this. Dad. Yeah, they've seen Kazam and Shazam, not the Sinbad Gene movie, but the <laughs> Zachary Levi yeah. DC comic movie. You, they like that. They like. They weren't frightened by because I'm. I've. I want to show my kids that, but the first scene kind of like gives me pause a little bit because it's kind of there's dark. there's there's some intense. I use I use a lot of those when we watch movies. I I, I try and take advantage of opportunities like that to have conversations about stuff. So that my kids aren't just afraid of everything. Or yeah, that's a good point. Are. You just don't shield them like I am. Like, ah, uh, got to protect them. Take <laughs> take the goggles off. No rose-colored glasses for you kids. Well, you're that's see the, exactly see why I want to show my kids Raiders of the Lost Ark, because they need Shiver's to understand list. that you don't look into the grail. No. I mean, come on. She's like, don't show them that scene. They'll be no. scarred for life. I didn't, I didn't even do that with the movie. I just got the actual Holy Grail and showed it to some of their friends <laughs> and made them watch their friends. Oh, you're Nelson. such a rad dad. Yeah, melting friends. That's what I've been doing since 1994. So success. 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 Yes. So um, how many times had you seen that movie prior to showing the uh, kids? I've probably watched Kazam 10, 11 times in my life. When was the last time you've seen it? Uh, last time was just a little over a year ago. Okay. Okay. So yeah, you. so it was fresh in your brain. I have seen you knew exactly what you were rolling I've into. seen Kazam more than 90% of the population of the world has seen Kazam. Shaq really could have used you at the box office yep. back in the day. Did you go see it in theaters? Uh, I can't remember if we saw it in theaters or not. My sister was a much bigger Shaq fan back then, which is really? kind of funny. She had a, a lot of Orlando Magic uh, apparel and so gear. Did I. Yeah, I had a Shaq She was jersey. a big Shaq fan. I was the uh, I was the husky white kid with the Shaq jersey. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Nope. All right, so I, you have been a pretty frequent viewer of the Kazam. So I hadn't actually seen my pick, which was Labyrinth. The 1986 yes. uh, classic. At least we have Bowie. <laughs> yes, we still have Bowie. Still have Bowie. The 1986 class was actually had highlighted it in our favorite year episode, I yes. believe. Labyrinth. Uh, Labyrinth. A pretty famous movie bomb yeah. from the uh, Jim Henson uh, film. Like they they did not do well um, in theaters. Like not in their, its initial run, no. No, and and same goes with um, Dark Crystal. Like I don't think that that was a hit. I think too, I think people were just not prepared for that acid trip on film. You're like, oh yeah, I'm terrified now of and, puppets. Thank you. 
And I, so I hadn't seen it in a few years, at least five to 10 years since I've seen it. So I'm thinking, how's it going to play? Like, ah, you know, it, it's not like I haven't seen it in 25 years. I, yeah. I still was confident that it was a good movie. Mm-hmm. But sort of a lot better than Dark Crystal. A lot better. I think it holds up very well. Yeah. Um, so I, I went ahead and picked up the uh, Labyrinth and, you know, because partially because I hadn't seen it in a while and I thought, you know, this might look nice on Blu-ray. Yes. It, it, and it looked pretty good. I know you're not a very standard definition not guy. Not a standard definition guy. SD Screw need not that. apply. That is some horseshit right there. Some standard definition. I've got some standard definition. I know. That's there, like, there that's there your nickname. Where I have to. My buddy Jay is 4K Jay. You're like, stay in the standard definition. Standard definition loser, kid. <laughs> Go sit in the corner. But I was... DVDs. point I was trying to make is like, Laura hadn't seen Labyrinth, which shocked Ever? me. No. Oh, wow. She'd never seen it. Now, we did Rad Dads a few times back, and I did Beetlejuice, and she'd never seen Beetlejuice. Oh, I do recall that. Yeah, and you know, she kind of was... She enjoyed it. You know, Did she, she grow up Amish? And I just didn't know that. <laughs> she just didn't. Was she grew a, up without whimsy, I think. Is what it is. Whimsy is one of those things you got to have. Yeah, she's just, and I was trying to like think, you know, well, I don't want to spoil anything. So, yeah, so I'm thinking, well, she's going to dig this because it's kind of a fairy tale kind of. It's got Bowie. Movie. It's got Bowie and babes love Bowie and yep. children love Bowie. Yes. <laughs> children love. It's like one of my first Bowie. takeaways because the movie starts out heavy, heavy dose of Bowie. Yes. And not like the dance magic dance, which is fantastic it's like that traditional bowie where he's like kind of like trying to be ballady and sexy but you know it's just losing all the kids are like logan actually turns and goes how long is this opening (laughs) (laughs) don't ever show them chitty chitty bang bang because the first 40 minutes of the movie you're just watching 1908 car races well that's that would be cool you might like Not that. Not for children. But but that's something you realize, it. too, because like nowadays movies just get going. Boom, they we're in the jump movie. into the movie. But prior to like the 80s, like movies, Long you know, they would, they would have like all the credits on the front end. So you're just watching, watching, watching. And this became apparent to me. I was watching, um, I think it was Lady and the Tramp. It was like an old Disney movie. And yeah, it's just like four, five, six minutes of just people who made the that's, movie. Because that's how it used to be. Like when that's you would get when you would get to the end, because I watch a lot of old movies. When you get to yeah. the end of an old movie, and they say the end, it's the end. There's <laughs> nothing else. Bye. Fade out. We're done. <laughs> we everyone's gone home. And I gotta say, I like what they did. Good. Yeah. Good on them for switching that up. Yeah. Because you shouldn't have to watch all that stuff. I mean, it's. I think it's cool to sit and watch that at the end if you're into it. But like. Kids, I, I think they got to the point where they're like, okay, there's a lot of people that worked on this movie, and if we got to credit all these people, no one wants to sit through seven minutes of credits on the front end. Man, that's a good point. So, you know, I'm getting ready to put the movie in, and Laura's like, I hadn't seen that, and I was just like excited for her. So, like, I had a feeling like my, the kids are going to be into it because I mean, it's like puppets and magic yeah. and you know, everything, and uh, it had Jennifer Connelly in it, there's a baby in it. Babies, kids love babies. Kids love babies. They absolutely do. Um, so we're getting started. Logan's kind of like not digging the intro, but they get into it. You know, like where she actually starts saying the words, and the goblins come and they take the baby away, and then like instantly she's in the labyrinth. Yep. And Bowie's doing his whole thing, like being the, the goblin the king. sphere and all that crap. You know, like you got thirteen hours to get to my castle. Being all Bowie on us. Oh yeah. <laughs> And he's got those like stardust. weird kind of tight pants with the cod piece got featured. My tight pants on. That was his one note. Yep. I'll do the movie, but I tight can't pants. do a Bowie. I think that's pretty obvious. 
That's all right. I don't. I I couldn't do a Bowie. I can, yeah, I don't know. I just I picture just, that's just in my head. I'm just like, what is he? Now I'm thinking of him and he's Bing a Crosby Brit, right? Is he a Brit? Boy. I don't know. I'll do the movie if I can wear a giant codpiece. That kind of sounds like a Scooby Doo ghost from. Yeah, Red it kind of does. <laughs> Someone's gonna rip my face off here in a second. The word for uh, you, pesky old man kids. Withers, Bowie. So you know, and and Laura, like I'm watching her. Like usually she'll kind of just like watch her phone, do her. You know, like shop for groceries. Yeah, she does her Sudoku. And, but I I noticed she's kind of watching this. I'm like, good, she's digging this. And uh, so, right away, though, there's this scene where uh, the camera's panning across Jennifer Conley's bedroom. And she's a child in this movie. She is a child. She's very, just strikingly young. You just look at her. And, like, first of all, Jennifer Conley looks gorgeous still. She's a, she's just an attractive lady. And but I mean you know like I rem- I forgot how much like I had a crush on her like she she was like my first crush back in the day like Jennifer Conley I was just in love with her didn't know what she was going to end up being like this Oscar award winning actress long long career to me she was just like that you know really cute labyrinth girl she for had a that while. girl next door kind of quality. very much so very much so um, so yeah the camera's panning across and I know there there's like where the wild there's these books on her shelf and like one of them's where the wild things are. I'm like, okay, I could kind of see the influence there. And then they have uh wizard of Oz. And I think I see Alice in Wonderland. And I'm like, this movie is very Alice in Wonderland. Then mind Kampf. You're like, Whoa, that's a hard <laughs> left. Was not planning that. <laughs> no. Magic and women. Yeah. No. Followed up by the third Reich. What is this? Hmm. I'm gonna keep watching, but I'm yeah, I don't know skeptical. I mean, it's a great Aryan film, you know, back in the day. Uh, so, anyways, but but something in my mind triggered. You know, I remembered triggered. Yeah, triggered. Not in that kind of way. Different not, kind of trigger. not in the not the a way happy that I trigger. Hate. A happy I mean, trigger. trigger never, trigger's never good, but it wasn't like that. Anyway, in my mind, I was like, oh wait, Laura hates Alice in Wonderland. She hates the nonsense of it all. That's the best part of it. I know, but she's just not into it. And about 25, 30 minutes into the movie, she gets up and starts doing chores around the house, which is so bad. Like she could just sit and watch the movie, but she's like vacuuming and like loudly snaking toilets and, you know, like just murder, like getting up in the crawl spaces and and killing. (laughs) Just every like chore nobody would ever want to do. She's just like cleaning windows. And so, like, 45, 50 minutes, and she's just making fun of the movie. She's, like, singing along to the Bowies, which is something I would totally do, but, like, with her own, like, lyrics to, like, down it. It's like, well, I clearly know that I'm not a rad husband for picking this movie. Because I was surprised she liked Beetlejuice fine. Like, she, she, she was into it. This one, not so much. Thankfully, though, the kids liked it. Logan was, I asked him at the end, he was like, so so. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you what the kids thought, and then we can talk about the movie some more. Like Logan was kind of so so. Like I think it was a little bit scary for him at first. Yeah. Uh, but Allison loved it. She was totally into it. She was transfixed by the whole thing. She rarely sits still for like anything. But she watched the whole entire movie. Fantastic. She really enjoyed it. So I was like, I'm gonna say I'm like fifty fifty rad dad on that. One. You get now if if that would fifty fifty would have to be Logan didn't care for it at all. You got to get at least 75%. I think he had to have enjoyed it at least somewhat. How could you not be impressed with all of those 
practical like effects and in puppetry. Those, those hold up. I mean, that's like kids today are used to, because that was one of the things that I, I enjoyed is um, there are some very 90s, very 90s special effects, um, some CG in, uh, yeah. in Kazam. But yeah. it, it didn't, that didn't throw the kids off. It's like, so like puppetry and, you know, all of that actual effects that, I mean, for that being, you know, 30 plus years old now. Yeah, yeah. It's like for that to hold up and hold kids' attention. I think yeah. you're saying something. There, there's only one scene or yeah, in the whole entire movie that looks pretty horrible. And it's when they were trying to composite uh, Jennifer Conley next to those weird birds that could kind of like, detach their body yeah, parts and throw them around about. you it, it's as if they were doing a horrible green screen kind of, with shadows it, weird, it, weird it popped in a bad way yeah um and i always kind of like that song for its silliness but it takes you straight out of the movie they they did such a phenomenal job and i kind of i understand like they had this cool idea in their head like oh it'd be great if we had these crazy birds and they can you know throw their body parts around like you can't Hardly, you can't really do that with puppets and have Jennifer Conley intermingling yeah. in between them. So they had to do what they did. I would just look at that and go, "This." If I'm cutting that film, I'm looking at that and I'm going, "This just looks so bad." We shouldn't do this. We guys. should probably just cut this because it doesn't add anything to the movie. How at about all, let's really. not? Hoggle like saves Jennifer Conley, and that was kind of part of his. I was trying to remember what his name was. I yeah, Hoggle. He's um he's he's the little person with the crazy animatronic head, yeah. giant head, with you know like great animatronic and puppetry work in this movie. Uh, there's um, uh, what was the big beast's name? I was trying to think of that too. Yeah, big um, furry guy. The big the big furry guy can't. I want. It was like. Been too long since yeah. I watched it. Well, I just watched it recently and I still can't think. But he, he was the one who was kind of he had a, provided a lot of comic relief for the kids because yeah. he was the big bulky, lumbering, yeah. lovable like guy. He saves Jennifer Conley saves him. She sort of becomes like his first, her first real friend in the yeah. labyrinth. And uh he could call the rocks and he yep. saved the day multiple times. Not Dwayne. Bluto, that was his name. Bluto was his name. Um, he, he looked crazy cool. Um, I forgot how large he was. Yeah. They must've had some like seven foot plus guy, but not only was he tall, he was very wide. Yes. Like that was an impressive feat of puppetry and, you know. And it, it was, it was nice, especially when you think about a movie for kids, cause a character that big could be really kind of imposing. Yeah. But it, it creates more of a, um, uh, <clears throat> A, a character that they can feel comfortable with you know, mm -hmm. with all these other with the goblins and all of that other I, I remember I really like Bluto yeah well that one of the major themes in the movie was like not everything is what it seems yeah with not just the labyrinth but also the characters yeah um, so you yeah you had the big scary Bluto because they're scared away by the noise at first because he yep. kind of makes a noise and uh, Hoggle is um He's not to be trusted. At He's first. not to be trusted. He he actually betrays Jennifer Conley at one point with the poison peach. Was Very he the one Snow White? Was he turning? Was he the one that was turning around the the tiles that she had marked with her lipstick? No, no, was that that was just some like little tiny okay. creature that lived beneath the uh, the ground. Because everybody was kind of messing with her. Yeah, everybody was. Well, she, everybody was like working for the Goblin King, seemingly. And she was. I mean, she was for being a teenager. She was very. I was, I was like, you know, that's pretty resourceful. She's heady. 
was like, you know what? Well done. She really was. She she outsmarted. It's very Alice in Wonderland. You yeah. know, she she was very thoughtful with the way she reacted to things, which should just freak a normal person all out. But you know, like it's there's this dreamy state to the whole thing the whole time anyway. Uh, but I really enjoyed some of the way, like uh, the initial scene where the little worm shows Jennifer Connelly the way through the first yep. challenge of the labyrinth, when it appears to be just endless corridor that she keeps running and running, and she sort of see, it's like an optical illusion where she walks into the wall, and it yep. turns out that the wall's just the same as the four wall, so she can kind of go left or right. Uh, Logan was like, "Oh, that's cool," you know, he, he really appreciated that. Um, but yeah, the creatures are cool. The little, the little fox guy uh, who rides yeah. the dog. Yep, they really enjoy like the Don Quixote little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Very much the flamboyant. You know, like he he kind of rushes head first into yeah. all danger. You know, like even him. though the odds are stacked against him, and he somehow comes out just you know unscathed. Unscathed. But he's. I love the one of the best parts of the movie, and they got the most laughs, especially for a kid. And I giggle too because you know it's. Fart sounds are funny. Is when they in, when they encounter the bog of eternal stench. Yes, and uh, they Hoggle is terrified of the bog of eternal stench. He's been threatened by the Goblin King multiple times. Uh, you get in the past, probably, and during the movie that if he didn't do his bidding, if he didn't betray the Jennifer Connelly character, he would banish him to the bog of eternal stench. A a, a, a bog so stinky and smelly, and it is if you touch it. You it, you can't wash off the stink for eternity. It's just you always smell like just that seems, shit. Seems ripe for a Febreze challenge. <laughs> See what it's they can just, do with that. It's what happens to all the Chipotle when you flush Ooh. it down the toilet. Goes Land straight into the Chipotle. bog of eternal. Woo! Continuity right there from there the beginning of the show. You were waiting for that to pay off, and that's what we're I, building towards. Yes, yes. Hold I would on. like to say that. Totally planned it. Just kind of stumbled onto it. Totally planned it. Planned it. Um. So you know. The songs, I'd like to talk about the songs. There's a couple of good songs. The, the Dance Magic Dance song is great. I really like the way that they use that song to sort of disarm the scariness of the goblins and David yeah. Bowie uh, because when, when the goblins abduct the baby, it's a little frightening because they're, they're playing up the scene like – Jennifer Conley is doing her little words to, to summon the Goblin King to take her little stepbrother away that she hates because she thinks he stole his teddy bear and is just sort of taking away all, all of her attention. There's also some dark themes there because they don't say it, but it's implied that uh, her mother, I guess, died. Who she She's kind of... She's sort of uh, obsessed with acting. She's very theatrical yes. in the beginning of the movie. And she has pictures of what I think is her dead mother because the woman, she kind of, she even kind of looks like the wicked stepmother from Cinderella. And she even turns to her like dad and like makes some comments like, she treats me like a wicked stepmother. Like, well, you got your hair in that wicked stepmother bun for starters. Um, but yeah, there's like this kind of dark theme of, uh, you know, the dad remarried and then they had a kid. So like the, she's saddened by the death of her mother. She's a teenager. So she's just kind of angsty. She's angsty on top of normal teenage angstiness. And like, she doesn't want to like have be heaped on the responsibility of taking care of this little love child. Uh, and she had supposedly like a date or something like ruined it. So she wishes the baby away and she instantly regrets it. 
She's like, I got to do everything it takes to get the baby back because she loves her little brother, I'd like to think at the end. But there's just like that darkness in the beginning of the movie. So yeah. you got the themes of, and I don't know if kids are going to pick up on that necessarily. Probably not. They just see like a mom and a dad, it's face value. They're not kind of yeah. adding those things up together. Um, but yeah, so like my point was, the baby doesn't seem to mind at all to be a prisoner of, of the Goblin, of the goblin King. King. No, he's just like tapping his toes and like dancing and stuff. Like, wait, I'm going to get raised by David Bowie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, leave me here. Leave me here. Go back home, General. He's Golly, counting down the 13 hours uh, same as David fine Bowie. Here, man. And I never, I, I suppose the baby has magical properties of some kind. They never really talk about like why David Bowie wants the baby so bad. Because they say like if you're there, if the baby's there for a certain period of time, it becomes one of them, like it's a goblin. But he has thousands of goblins already. Yeah, like and he's he got a lot of goblins. bored and annoyed by them most of the movie. He's kicking them around. They have a weird contentious relationship to begin with. So like he's just like, you know, oh, he's counting down that clock. Like he's he's putting a lot of effort into following the, you know, adventures of the girl and all yes. of her friends. And he's like putting her like, you know, allies, uh, pitting them against her and threatening her to put her in the sh Chipotle shit trench, whatever. <laughs> the bog of eternal just Chipotle. Just to get another goblin? Baby? Oh, one more. We got to catch them all. That's probably what is it is. Is that what it is? It's like a Pokemon, it's a Pokemon thing. thing. That's what it is. Yeah, well. But, you know, the movie Compulsive. the movie's not very long. It never wears out its welcome. There's like there's like six or seven like really impressive like sets. Um, I, I just love it all. Like and another scene that I'd forgotten about that I just loved is when she falls into this pit of hands uh, and they're catching her. I think I kinda remember what you and uh, you know, so they they catch her and she's falling and they they grab hold of her and they're like talking, but they all they all like form yeah. faces with their hands. I remember that now. It's like blackness and they're they're wearing like you know, like gloves, I guess. So like they're kind of just coming out of the darkness, but they, they would, and they would, every time one would speak, like the hands would come together and form a different face with hands. Like there's no, there was no puppetry or anything. It was just like really in interesting ways to make faces and noses and like eyes with just hands. And you just, you know, behind the scenes, like those people had not a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> like, oh look, we can put our hands together like this and it makes a different face. Ooh. Now, why do you got to go negative, man? I, I've never seen that before, and I've never seen it since. It's very creative. I, I had I had to throw something you in there. You had to shit all over it, just like some, Laura. Some you shit all over it. <laughs> wrench in the gears. I had to throw, you're enjoying yourself way too much here. Yeah. You're reminiscing and, and meandering through all these yeah. happy thoughts. I was like, no, none of that. I won't have that. So there's a couple of decent songs. Really, the Dance Magic Dance song is the highlight. Uh but it all ends with the showdown with David Bowie and that. What's the name of that painting with the optical illusion of all the stairs? Oh. Uh, you know what I'm talking I don't know about? I you're talking about, yeah. It's a famous painting, and it's, it's really cool. Well, they kind of have a showdown, and they're emulating that, yeah. that painting where Bowie's sort of like, you know, taunting her by moving in and out of these steps, and the baby's walking up and down the stairs. Uh, and they have like a little showdown. <laughs> it's kind of funny because like she, ba it's one of those things like an it where like they defeat the bad by saying you don't have any power over me. You're not even a thing. I'm not even scared of you. You He's suck. Like, oh, 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 you know, like, he just kind of goes away. And Logan My being self esteem, like, being like the pragmatic kid that he is, he just looks at me and goes, "What happened?" 
<laughs> she didn't even have to kick him in the nuts or shoot no, him or right. anything. Like, That's it. She defeats him. How? Why, how? How? And I just have to like bad vibes. And like I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to defend the movie because like Laura's already shitting all over it in the back. She's going like, this movie's a badass trip, and she's not wrong, but. <laughs> But, it, you know, it's a children's movie, and I watched it as a kid. She didn't grow up with cable, for starters. She probably never even saw it. She probably didn't have an opportunity to see it. Now I'm just mad. It's, it's well, and I, th- I think one of the things it does is it highlights <clears throat> one of the things I know you and I will do a lot of times is, you know, you there's there will be honest about stuff. Stuff that, There's stuff that doesn't hold up. I mean, yeah. Dark Crystal doesn't hold up. That's just no. a nightmare factory. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's when I was like, a lot of times... <clears throat> Especially when something does hold up, you're like, "This is still a pretty good movie." Yeah. Some of that may be because of the nostalgia. You're like, "This is still watchable." Yeah. Um, but if you don't have that, if you're just an adult watching a, a children's movie from the '80s, you'd be like, oh, "Whatever." I have, well, no, I have no frame of reference for this, so I don't care. And it's like, well, you're missing out. By the time Labyrinth rolled around on the video in like '87 or so, I very clearly remember seeing it at the video store and it was a movie that it was clearly for kids because you flip the back over and it's big puppets and stuff and i think it says like jim henson on the front baby there's a baby yeah and there's a baby and david bowie and everything so you know it's not a movie it's a movie that you could easily convince your kid your your parents to like let you take home and watch and i instantly loved it uh and would would continuously watch it on cable the following years all the time it was just a cable mainstay for decades um so like i had it it's it's yeah there's gonna be nostalgia for it but i mean other than that one scene that i had mentioned i mean okay david bowie's music doesn't hold up great it's if you're a bowie fan it's fine i guess but even like a bowie fan would have to go most of these songs are not good yeah um so you can't you can't hang your hat on that but Jennifer Conley's pretty decent in it. Yep. I mean, she's basically a child actor in this movie. She looks 14, 15. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but she's she looks very young. And I wonder if it was her first major movie. It had to be. Probably was. Yeah, because like I don't remember seeing her in anything. Like the late 80s was like a big boom yeah, for she her. Yeah, she had a few things really come out. Late the 80s, early 90s, 90s, she was pretty big. And then in the around 2000, she had a double-sided dildo in her ass. It's kind of weird how things turn out that way. Took a hard left. Did yeah. you go hard left? <laughs> Don't watch the Whimsical movie. Musical children's fancy. Requiem for a dream. Ooh, oh, that's going to ruin in your In case you were wondering where that reference came Darren from. Darren Aronofsky. Continuously ruining all of our lives. He is ruining all of our lives. I can't wait to have like the worst movies discussion so I can bring up that one movie. Uh, Another Aronofsky movie. I mean, Requiem for a Dream was certainly an experience. You should probably watch it. Like, it's so crazy. I used to filled with great performances. When I worked when I worked at Blockbuster, I would recommend that kid that movie to high school kids on on weekends because they would come in. And then they would return it, and you'd be like. Don't do drugs. They would come in on Friday and Saturday nights, and they would ask, like, oh, what do you have scary? I was like, you want to watch something that will really scare you? <laughs> you should watch this movie. And they would take it, and they would come Get a load of this. That movie was terrifying. I was like, yeah. I know. Oh, man. But that, the thing about that movie that makes me really the angriest is Marlon Wayans. Because if you watch that movie, you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Marlon Wayans is a fantastic actor. Yeah, he was And good he is continuously in the shittiest movies. <laughs> For no reason, like put yeah. him in. Th- he could win an he could Academy be things, Award. Yeah. He really could. 
But they put him in, you know, sex tablets. But on they Netflix. didn't put him in things, so he just took no. whatever job can throw in his way. Like, like oh, well, you're Wayans. You can't be in you things just, that you are serious. Eat Keenan Ivory Wayans scraps for the rest of your life. <laughs> They're not making whatever. an I'm going to get you suck a two that you whatever. can star in. Whatever. I, I agree with you. Marlon Wayans is a, a talent. Un, he's, he's underrated. He's an underrated talent. Well, he's kind of squandered. Squandered. <laughs> he squandered that. Um, but where was I? Uh, oh, yeah. Back back to Jennifer Connelly, I think, is where we went from That's there. where we went left, yeah. Uh, I said the the double-sided D. Double-sided D. D. Dildo. <laughs> you just kind of rested there for a second. I like, did. D. I just kind of paused. I'm sitting in my head. I'm like, maybe Adam will say it this time. This time? Maybe Adam will say Double-sided D. <sighs> oh, well, I'm not going to say it a third time, because otherwise a double-sided dildo might Oh, there's a third oh, no! time. Oh, no, that you tricked a, me. There's a third time. <laughs> I got Beetlejuice. You got Beetlejuice. Oh, man. But the movie the movie for me stands up. I still enjoy it. I, I still hold it in high regard. It's not just a nostalgia trip. Um, it's a good flick. And, you know, it deserved better initially, I think. Yeah. I, I feel bad for Jim Henson. Uh, he took two big chances in the eighties, and you know, did it they, come out after Dark Crystal? Yeah, that may have been what hurt him. Uh, yeah. I could see that being what hurt him. Good point. Because Dark point. Crystal, if you if you watched Labyrinth before you watched Dark Crystal, yeah, I think you would be hyped for Dark Crystal and yeah. then severely let down. Right. But if you watch Dark Crystal and they're like, "Hey, we got another Jim Henson movie. It's kind of trippy." I was like, oh, "No, no, thanks." That's okay though. He focused on Fraggle Rock. No, I haven't so slept we'll... for weeks anyway. So. <laughs> I agree, Dark Crystal man. I just don't get it. The movie. Bad, bad idea. That was a, yeah. I don't even want to look at anything with crystals in the title ever again. No. Never. Just anything that even sounds close to Dark Crystal. Like Ugh. Mark Vistel. Mark there's, Vistel. There's a guy named Mark Vistel. Just avoid that guy at all costs. I'm crossing the street. But anyways, I'm going to go ahead and put a bow on this conversation. Um, I, I We'll go ahead and call it a rad dad. I think so, you're a rad dad. Yeah, I'm a rad dad. I think they should see it. I, I I have to be the guy to to inject whimsy into the yeah. to the children. I guess you are injecting, your but children. you know I, I want to be fair to Laura. She she encourages like a lot of reading. She she reads a lot to the kids. She encourages reading. So it's not like she doesn't books. books. Yeah, books. <laughs> so she's she's feeding them whimsy with books, and I'm feeding them whimsy in movie form. So you that's know, fair. We're we're covering it from both. That's ends. fair. Yeah. Okay, so that was that. That's that. That is the end of that, as they say. Which brings us to... There we go. It's that beautiful HBO theme movie of the week song. I love it so much. Love it so much we ought to do it two or three times in a row. We should have just sit here. Now part of the podcast where I make everyone listen to this. Yep. One minute of just pure bliss for movie fans. But I'm going to go ahead and talk over it like I normally do because we, over. we're going to talk about 10 great sports movies. Sporting movies. They could have balls in them. Some of them are, and for sure, I'm not even going to like tease it. They will have balls. Many balls are going to be flying around in this conversation. A lot folks. of balls. But there could be some other things. I have no idea what you're doing. You could go extreme sports. You could be doing some like Ocho stuff going on there. The Ocho. You might have a water skiing squirrel movie. It ought to be a thing. Oh, it's a thing. <laughs> Ten great sports movies, folks. Let's get started. Ten greats. 
So I will do the first one. You're starting because we'll I started, started those off on the other one. So, so I have to. I'm approaching all of these from like the mentality of drafting. Drafting. Okay. I I am gonna have to come heavy with like the movies that I for sure want to be able to talk about because you may steal that. I movie st- from out underneath. I could steal me. your thunder. Yeah, you could. I could steal all of your days of thunder. And then I'll be <laughs> thunderstruck. Wait a minute. Is that a tease? <laughs> Does Days of Thunder make your list? I Who like knows? that movie. I'm not gonna lie. Cold days trickle. Days of thunder. No, I teased earlier that um baseball movies. I'm just gonna say, I, I think that baseball, for whatever reason, is the m- the sport that the most translates well to film. It's America's pastime. Yeah, there's that. There's that. But just something about the spirit of ball players, you know, the, the like lends itself to tomfoolery. Are, are you familiar with George Carlin's baseball versus football? Yeah, that's fantastic. That is, that's yeah. I think why there's just that 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 familial, happy, upbeat baseball just has that. I just want to go home. Just go home. <laughs> That is a great bit, folks. If you haven't, just you look on YouTube for that. George Carlin, one of the best bits baseball ever. Baseball versus football. Um, so yeah, the reason I bring that up first is like there are a couple of baseball themed movies in my list because I th- I think it just lends itself so well. Uh, so I'm thinking, okay, I don't want to just like stuff my list full of baseball movies, although I could. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start out with maybe my favorite baseball movie. And if that's, you're, oh, I was gonna say if you're gonna if you're gonna tease this all the way up and then go something like Soul Surfer. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> Teen Wolf, everybody. No, uh, <laughs> no, Major League. Great film. 1989, I think. Maybe 88. But uh, yeah. Charlie Sheen, Tom Berenger, Wesley Snipes, Bob Euchre. Corbin Burnson. Corbin Burnson. Dennis Haysbert. The bitch manager, owner, did you, did chick. Did you already say Wesley Snipes? I did say Wesley okay. Snipes. I will never forget Willie Mays Hayes. He's Willie Mays Hayes. Right up at the top. Oh, that scene where like he kind of oversleeps and they roll his bed out. That's great. <laughs> and he comes blazing he around the corner and just like burns past totally like guys. flies past those two like l- lumbering white guys. They couldn't have had anybody faster nope. run through and early. Gotta, we got to make Wesley nope. fast. He's the fastest. Major League is amongst all of the – Funny baseball movies. There's a, there's a number of really funny baseball movies. It came out around this time. Uh, Major League is my favorite uh, because if I'm going to pick, I'm going to go with the slightly goofier version of whatever, usually. That's just kind of my style. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And it has a little something for everybody. You got the young up-and-coming flamethrower. Uh, wild Thing. Wild Thing, which gives you an excuse to play that song. Oh, which, absolutely. I will say the it's a classic movie of you know worst to first. It's a, it's it's a team that was designed to play so poorly that the owner could sell the team and move the franchise someplace more to Florida, not Cleveland. Yes, <laughs> basically. And Cleveland is just one of those storied franchises. It's just had a history, not anymore. No, they're pretty good. They're nowadays. pretty good nowadays, but they have a history of just being. Losers. I think know. right now they have the longest drought in baseball for, for World yeah, Series. Yeah, it was the Cubs and the and the and the Indians. That was the amazing World Series. And we took it away from them. Took it away from Sorry them. Sorry, much to that. LeBron James's chagrin. No, I I didn't know who to root for in that series. I did. I know you did, obviously, as a Cubs fan, and I know who Bob Newhart and Bill Murray were rooting for. 
Um, but, you know, at me, in Little League, I played for the Indians. That was my team. And I grew up loving this movie, this yes. major league. So, like, part well. of me was, like, kind of like, I'd like, I, I ended up rooting for the Cubs because they had the longer drought, I yes. think. So, I was like, got to give it to the Cubs because I'm sick and tired of all the curse talk. You got to yeah. get rid of this curse talk. And when Boston won and everything, I was like, no more curses. We're done with curses. We're done with curses for at least another 100 years. Yes. <clears throat> um, but yeah, Cleveland is just like the perfect setting. It's like bad news bears for adults. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of like defeat, they, they defeat the odds because each of these losers, you know, you got the aging minor league catcher who comes up to, to kind of steady the ship. You got the manager that was, what was he doing before? Like when they found him, he was working like a sporting goods store or something. I can't yeah. remember exactly. But he never really managed a major league no. team before. So, like, you know, she's putting this team together to suck. You got Corbin Burnson, who was like their high-priced free agent. Pretty who boy. was no good, really. He was kind of that guy who signed that contract and then yeah. started putting it in cruise control. Wouldn't get down and stop, you know, any hard-hit balls that comes his way because it might hit his pretty face. Uh, well, they find Charlie Sheen in, like, in jail, he's basically, in jail. he starts out in jail. Uh, it's like, well, can you make it spring ball? And he's like, ah, I'm a little hung up right now. And he's like in jail. Uh, Wesley Snipes is Willie Mays. Hayes is sort of like the kid who comes out of nowhere. You know, he's he's a young rookie. It, it's just a collection of has-beens, never-wills. And, oh, uh, how could you forget Pedro? No, was it Pedro? Pedro, right? I think so. Yeah, Serrano. Pedro yeah. Serrano, Dennis Haysbert, with with his, with of course his. Did you just pull that name out? Amazing, yeah. that's his actual name. That's his actual name. Wow, what else has he been in that you would know him from? Um, he's been never in, drank Joe Bruce rum. He's he's been in a number of things. He was in a movie I was watching the other night. Oh wow, okay, cool. He was in a show on CBS called The Unit. Um, he does Allstate commercials. He was on. 24. Wait a second, is he the You're in Good Hands guy? Yeah, that's that's Serrano. Yep. Holy shit! Just blew your <laughs> My mind, mind is blown right now. I've watched, Boom. I've watched a million of those commercials, and I never realized that was... Well, he needs to be bald with a goatee or something. And it yep. would help if he was wearing an Indian's uniform. Yes. Um, that should be... <laughs> that's the only way I recognize contractual people, obligation. If they look exactly the way they did in the thing, I recognize them as. So, yeah, that's just me. Like, I didn't recognize Charlie Sheen for a number of years. You know, like, wait a minute. Wait a second. If you kind of squint your eyes and like you put that like weird Z kind of thing in the back of his yeah. neck, is that wild thing Rick Wait Vaughn? A minute. <laughs> and he'd been in like a million movies at that point. I'm, yeah, it's what it is. I was watching Men um, at Work. I was watching. No, no, I still didn't know who that guy was at the time. No, you're watching, what was it? Men Behaving Badly. And I go, Wait a second. Wait a second. Two and a half men. What did I say? Men, men Behaving, behaving badly. badly. That had a Rob Schneider. Oh, sorry. Two and a half men. Same kind of movie. Justine yeah. Bateman was in that TV show as well. What's she now? Like Justine Bateman of Family Ties? Yes. Wow. Mallory? Mallory. Ah, uh, Mallory. And Rob Schneider and then one other guy whose name I can't I can't remember. believe that show didn't last 10 years. Man. <laughs> but there's just so many classic one-liners in the movie. It is a great film. And I, I just enjoy it because you see them actually getting better. You, a lot of sports movies have that sort of uh, montage of a team sucking and then getting better. It's We're a cliche. Do a montage. Yeah, even I'll Rocky had a montage. montage. Even Rocky had a montage. Even exactly. Rocky had a montage. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but 
the the thing I love about the movie is how good, how believable the actors are as athletes. Yeah, they really had me believing. Like that scene where uh, Jake does the Babe Ruth point. Yes, and drops the bunt, and he's got the old man knees, and he's yes. hustling down first. And you got that great shot of like the third baseman who fell. For, he's like shit, you know, and he like goes to scoop up. And, and, you know, Willie Mays is, like, rounding third hard. And, you know, he doesn't get him at first. He, he drops to his knees. He gives it. He's like, it was the last bit of it, everything he had. Like, you, he was off to the retirement home after he beat that throw to first base, basically. Yep. This is it. They killed him. They actually shot he's him. He's dead. He's <laughs> pulling him out of his misery. He beat out that butt single. Yep, that's, that was the last <laughs> thing he did. But then they got the great, because, you know, you got Duke, the big Yankee with the yep. big crazy like the mustache, yeah, yeah, the mustache. He throws, you know, like he's got that gut. Back in the day, when like a major leaguer, like a an all star, could have a just a friggin' yeah. huge gut hanging over their belt. You could still do that. You you weren't they weren't like the model of oh my of God. health and Adonis's and, no. and friggin' cut chiseled two percent body fat. I always drink. loved that Philly team that had like John Cruck. Oh, John Cruck. Those unshaven fat bastards. <laughs> they just down and down in beers in the you know in the dugout. You're like, oh wow. Lenny Dykstra is like the most athletic guy on the team. <laughs> These six old Milwaukee's into this game. Good night. <laughs> it was back when like when you like got a single, you had to chug a beer. Back back in those good old days. Eddie Murray, if he didn't hit it out, he was out. Oh, this looks like it could be a double. Uh, he's going to struggle oh, to get to first, guys. Man. Cecil Fielder is the same way. Yeah. I never saw that guy get on his horse. Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn. Yeah, he just he he batted 400 because if he didn't get a hit, he yep. was out. He's like, nope, I'll just stay here at the plate. So what I you're can. saying is I can bat 400 or I cannot have a career. Yeah. It's like I'll just he, hit it out of the He park. had a lot of really impressive singles. Yeah. <laughs> For a lot uh, of other guys, it would have been triples, but. Not that guy. I'm Single good. all the way. Good. Just a single. Right here. That's how much work he put into not having to yeah. lose weight and be fit. Leg out a double. I know what that feels like. Yeah, me too. I can't even leg out a single. I wouldn't even be Jake. I couldn't even make that bunt single work. I'm not, I, I'm, I could have had the guy so fooled, he would have fallen down and twisted his ankle, and I still couldn't have beaten like, that throw. Bunt. Like, it's fine. Throw there. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, he like pulls a ligament. Like, can't even. Like, he has to hop over on his, on his bad foot. By the time that ball gets to leg, first... I'm in the showers. That's where I'm at. <laughs> no, but like he beats the throw and then they try to turn home and like Willie just slides. He does that amazing slide where like his legs all bent and shit and he just like barely gets in there. I'm like, wow, this is an amazing movie. That that whole scene, that whole game that they like led up to because a good 15 minutes of the movie is just that game seven yep. to get into the uh, World Series and it just plays out like the best drama in the whole world. You, know, you got... You got Pedro, who can't hit a curveball to save his life. He can hit it a ton if it's a fastball, but he just could never hit a curveball. Get the curve. He's like, you know, help me now. I say, fuck you, Joe Boone. He like hits that just monster shot to get him back in the game. You got Willie Mays like climbing the wall to steal a home run at one point. I mean, movies like I don't want to spoil anything because it could be on your list. I'm not, I'm not going to do that because we're getting things started off, and I might have spoiled half a dozen movies just talking about other things. Yep. But right. Major League is just – it's such a good time, and it's, it makes the hair on my like arm stand up at some points. And I've seen it a million times. <clears throat> I know exactly what's going to happen. 
But when Ricky Vaughn gets called out and he's been taken yards several times by the Duke, and he finally gets that like opportunity to redeem himself and he comes walking out as slow as hell. Like yes. nobody walks out that slow. Nobody takes no. that much time walking from the dugout. They usually come running out. They're ready to go. Yeah, they're ready to go, man. Trotting over. That's just how lazy ball players were back yeah. in the day. Maybe they did. Back in the day. Maybe they did just like, you know, just take their sweet time, take a little a break. Great, it was back just gonna have day. a little nap here at second base before I get to the mound. But, you know, he's, he's like, working, like, his glove, you know, and then he, like, pounds it and turns around and, like, the, you know, the music, like, the guitar riff, wah, 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 you know, you're like, oh, shit, it's on. We're getting into I this. I felt like I was watching an actual game. We're getting into How this. well edited that movie is. It's a well-made movie. It is a great movie. So, you know, the sequels, all due respect to the sequels, but the first one was a real legit movie. Um, I feel like they went a little too silly. Like they they focused a little bit too much on the characteristics of the players, maybe yeah. in the in the sequels a bit. But Major League is my first movie. Uh, maybe not the greatest, objectively speaking, baseball movie out there. There's other movies that are maybe more Oscar worthy. Yeah. Uh, but just for fun, but that's, that's not what we're going. Just for, for funsies, Major League's my number one. Well, not my number one overall ever, but my first pick. Your first pick. Yep. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Ball four. Ball eight. Low and Vaughn has walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches. Boy, how can these guys lay off pitches that close? What's your first pick? All right. Well, my first pick, uh, Major League Back to the Minor. No. <laughs> oh, I love that because you know why? It had nobody in them. No one. No one. No one came back. Let's see here. Uh, I'm I'm going to go ahead because I, I did what I normally do where I rank mine. Mm. And I, I like to build enthusiasm, yeah. but in, in, in the similar fashion. You're taking like, a different approach. It's one of those where like, you know what, We got, there's probably a good chance. And I have a number. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Many audibles can be can be called. It's we're gonna have to get pretty far down the list before Airbud, which I have here, <laughs> subs in. Um, it's the greatest sports movie starring a canine. I will yep. grant you a canine with cancer who had to be put down shortly after. Ouch. Yeah, only had three legs. But um, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. That wasn't in the actual movie. <laughs> no, no. He but he did only have three legs. Um, so I'm gonna in, in a similar fashion. Let's see. I have. Um, let's see. Oh, I have a number of baseball movies. That I'm I sure. Could, could well, you played. were a ball player, right? Yes. You played I, baseball. I'm, I'm, I was a baseball we player. We all played baseball. Played Little League, played high school baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with one. We, we have watched this movie a, a billion times. Um, we just watched it again the other day because my kids love it. And ah. it's the greatest, uh, probably the greatest baseball movie of all time, The Sandlot. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. It's just... Yeah, baseball movies, man. It's one of those. I mean, like being a kid when that movie came out, a kid that played baseball. We had like my little league team played at the end of my street, where there really was kind of a sandlot. Mm. Um, there was it was they we had you know we had um, the infield, but like the outfield, there there wasn't really a fence, and there was like a playground out in um, right field. So it was like it was official enough. To where we had uniforms when we played little league there, but we would play ball there every day. We'd go down That's the street cool. to the playground and we'd play baseball down there every day. So, growing up watching the Sandlot, it could totally relate to that. 
and it was just it was one of those like <clears throat> everything about that movie um just even though it was set in the 60s 60s yeah it was one of those like the i mean just being a kid like you could relate to all those other kids yeah. so well yeah and it was it's timeless it's it's nice because like a lot of those things like i mean i remember i mean we didn't go play baseball on the fourth of july but we would always go to the municipal pool on the 4th of July. We'd go swimming during the day. And then they had, a, um, in the town that I grew up in, they had a big fireworks show. Mm. We'd have, we'd put the blankets out. Damn, the family. you're just oh. like painting a red, white, and blue oh, scene. We told, I mean, it, that was, it was just, we were, I grew up in, in Minnesota and it was, we were, I mean, just totally, I had lived baseball. My, my friends, they all played baseball. And so we, were you, you weren't a Twins fan? I was not a Twins fan. You weren't a, just like riding that Kirby Puckett jock. No, Kirby Puckett, um, which I was kind of happy once it came out that uh, he uh, routinely beat women. Oh, um, that was come on, man! He died horribly. <laughs> yeah, with all that diabetes and yeah. uh, and uh, beating, he women. let himself go. He was another yeah. guy with a little pooch running yeah, around. He was uh, him. Um, <laughs> they had uh, Chuck Knobloch on that team. Oh, Chucky Knobloch. Yeah. He was a he was a pudge. Bert um, Blylevin. Um, <laughs> there were a, there were a, a Kent Herbeck, Brian Harper. There were a number of guys on the on the Twins. That, I mean, Twins were big when. Oh my gosh, they were they, they won, won two they World won, Series in the eighties. Yep, they won uh, won some World Series. No wait, one in the eighties, one in the nineties. Yeah, um, beat the Braves, which I loved him for that. <clears throat> my dad had a, a Minnesota Twins World Series T shirt, and I don't think he was ever that huge of a fan, but he would wear it all the time. Yeah, but uh, just I mean just. We we grew up. I mean, we rode our bikes everywhere. We would ride our bikes to the corner store, and we'd buy baseball cards, and we'd buy. Oh my gosh! So I just that whole. That was my first real obsession in life was baseball cards. (laughs) My uh, which just just this uh, this past week uh, on Monday, I found a Casey's General Store in Charlestown, Indiana, about nineteen miles away from downtown. Um, Joel, who's on our our team at at work at the uh, the tire factory. Um, he <laughs> at the rubber, the rubber plant, the rubber plant. He, uh, <laughs> where we make tires and rubber nipples, w- both. Don't forget the rubber nipples. I, it's hard to, it's really hard <laughs> to, uh, cause there's so many of them. Um, I'm on like a 10 rubber nipple a day habit right yeah, now. Like just, I just, just going at it. Things. Yeah. It's terrible. He, uh, don't start kids. Uh, no, <laughs> stay away. Stay in school. Just don't start chewing those rubber nipples. <laughs> That's just a, it's a nasty habit. Uh, I would start smoking before you do that. Yeah. Would, oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. Highly recommend that. Have a pack before you start chewing on those rubber nipples. Yeah. But Joel, he's, he's a, a Midwesterner as well. He was, okay. he's from Iowa. Oh and yeah. Yeah. Casey's, Casey's is. Build of dreams, baby. Casey is, a Casey's general store is the, uh, the one of the premier um, gas stations, convenience stores in the Midwest. It's like the Wawa of the Midwest. We, yeah, he, <laughs> we, we took, we took lunch break and we drove out there for a slice of pizza. Um, nice. I bought a, a giant coffee mug and a tumbler and some candy and I bought some baseball cards. Where did like, you say this place was again? Charlestown, Indiana. You haven't had pizza, folks, until you've had Go. a Charlestown slice. Oh my goodness. The New Casey's. York. Forget about it. Casey's General Store Pizza is <laughs> le- legitimately my number two favorite pizza in the world. Make a trip. It's down. so good. It's so Charlestown good. Charlestown, I-N. Yeah. Okay. If you dri- if you go to Charlestown, Indiana, it is like you're driving into the Sandlot because it is just a, a <laughs> town that time forgot. I love how Indiana sort of is kind of that like state like They're where every, everything Midwestern. Midwestern happens in Indiana. Yeah. So. But yeah, so. Hawkins. 
<clears throat> yes. Pawnee. There's so many good things happening in Indiana. Just But there really isn't. That's at the same time. It's, just not. <laughs> it's absolute bullshit. It is. There's a lot of you drive through the I'm gonna drive through that state tomorrow. Yeah. And there's just a lot of nothing. None of this awesome shit is really happening here. No. No. Sorry, not sorry, Indiana. Not the sandlot, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, do you know where the sandlot takes place in the movie? Um, you know, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I I feel like it could be somewhere in the California kind of because yeah. Benny ends up on the Dodgers at the end. Okay, and, and okay. Um, you got Scott Smalls, who's obviously the one of the uh, uh, newscasters there, the sportscasters. Mm. So I, I, it may have been that oh, they just were friends it. and followed him, but I don't know if it ever actually. I'm trying to think if it. I'll have to go back and look now. Yeah, I I just think you, encyclopedic knowledge of that movie, it would spring to your. I've brain. got a lot of things stuffed up there. Yeah, that you one do. eludes me. <laughs> Double sided dildo. <laughs> Double D. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. I'm going to break the record for dildo mentions in the podcasting world. In this podcast. I have a lot of embarrassing records. The, in, in this podcast, for sure, you will hold that record. There are other podcasts out there that would probably put you to shame. Like a more kinky-based podcast, yes. maybe. Yeah. Dildos Which, and things. Surprise! That's what this is. The That's whole movie what this thing was a We have, we got you. Fifteen episodes in. Got you. Ha ha! We tricked you all. You thought you knew what this was. <clears throat> now, speaking of like like kids. Now, first of all, I'd like to make the point that sadly, I don't think kids care about baseball anymore. Not as not as much. No, I think football has for sure surpassed it. Basketball too, probably. And even soccer, one might argue, that more kids are into playing soccer than they are baseball. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's just a regional thing. It's going to change from one town to the next. I, I think. I think there. I mean, you know, there's there's still a dedicated fan base to baseball. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I, I still I like baseball. I don't think. I don't think either. I mean, the strikes haven't helped. And I yeah, know that was big. Every, every year they continuously talk about things that they're going to do to change the game to make it. Like, you know, we're going to shorten it, we're going to do this. Replay was a bad idea. Uh, There's a lot of things that they've done to it over the years. Hit clocks were a good idea. I like that. You can't have, like, a guy like Casey, Sean Casey, with his, like, two-minute-long in-between pitch ritual. That kind of (laughs) stuff. I I love being at a baseball game, but that kind of stuff, like, you start to really appreciate watching baseball games on TV. Why do you do that? How much they do to kind of like, oh yeah, here let's entertain you while this guy's changing out his baseball glove for the eighth time this at right? <laughs> what? Yeah, but yeah, um, no, it's fun to watch that pitch clock now. Yeah, like, you got to get that pitch out. Got to get the pitch out. <clears throat> um, but what I, what I was going to ask you too, like I thought of that point, wanted to make it, but also the point I really wanted, to, the question I really wanted to ask you was, was there a baseball player that you liked to emulate most when you were a kid? Uh, my favorite baseball player was Mark Grace. Mark Amazing oh, okay. Grace, okay. Uh, first baseman for the Chicago Cubs. Should have known, yeah, because you played first base. I did play first base, probably because of Mark Grace. Yeah, he was, uh, and he, he was just a guy. I was he's his first year with the Cubs. He was drafted. In oh, he's a superstar. Um, he played in '87. Uh, it was when he was drafted. He played in '88, and then um, he he was just he was just always he was such a classy guy. Even I mean he was young, but he was I mean in the years. Years ahead, as he because he'd left the team in uh, was it eighty eight or eighty nine when the Cubs won the pennant finally? It was eighty nine. Like, okay, and they they were. I, think it was I don't think they. I don't know if they got swept, but I don't think they did very well. No, they. they it was the thing is like you, you'd always get you'd get these these glimmers of hope. <laughs> yeah. These little rays of oh maybe no <laughs> no. 
And they, they would throw, I mean, in 98, you had Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, um, and they that brought a lot of people back to baseball. Yeah, the home run ball, that, home run ball, juice ball area, whatever. That was that was a whole thing. But yeah. I, even that, and people would always ask me, oh, are you a big Sammy Sosa fan? I'd say, no, I hate Sammy Sosa. Because <laughs> I watch baseball because I love baseball. And yeah. I, in, when you watch baseball because you love baseball, you want your team to win. There were a lot of times they lost games because Sammy Sosa wanted to hit chasing that home run. run it was yeah. like if you get a base hit, we win the game. Yeah. If you get a home run, we win the game. But if you get a base hit, we win the game. And he would swing for the fences and he'd strike out and we'd lose the game. And it's like, huh. Oh. I always liked emulating Eric Davis. He was my favorite player because he had this really it was fun to emulate a ball player that had a very distinct batting stance. Yeah. And he had one for sure where he would he almost held the bat limp. Yeah. The bat almost pointed forward, and his wrists and hands were so strong that he could tighten up, choke up, and like get the ball, and like yeah. get the bat around. And it's a, it was amazing. Yeah. So like I would do that, like kind of limp, you know, like emulated batting stance, which no child should do. Like that's the a coach would see that and be like, like "What, what the hell doing? are you doing now? Yeah, this you're gonna break baseball? your wrist trying to beat Eric Davis. Snap your fragile. Eric arms. Davis could be a Hall of Famer if he just didn't do that shit. <laughs> but Barry Larkin was also one of them. I was a Reds fan growing up back in nothing the day. wrong with that. No, nothing the wrong with that. The big red machine. Big red machine. Missed out on that, but hey, we always had 1990. Yes. We yeah, always yeah. had the nasty boys, <clears throat> and you, you guys had Chris Sabo. Duh, those goggles, those goggles were oh, great. Why the hell? It was like a dorky superhero. Yes, <laughs> those goggles. I need to protect my glasses. But now uh, Barry Larkin was a great player for Barry a long time, long time. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, please continue, Sandlot. No, I mean, it's, I, I think we've covered the Sandlot a couple times uh, on the podcast. I mean, it's just it's, it's come up. I'm sure my 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 the other we watched again the other day. It's a modern. Well, I can't even say it's a modern classic anymore. Tucker Tucker wanted to watch it. It's one of those like we can always turn the Sandlot on, and it's always it's always fun. Um, Tucker likes to pretend he squints. <laughs> he's yeah yeah, and <clears throat> and so we uh, you know. Every every scene just has kind of like every time you change scenes, there's just something you know the windy peppercorn at the at the swimming pool and um, you know they're the 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 camp out when they're up in the uh, the tree fort and I mean every every part of it you just I mean it, it really just encapsulated that being a kid growing up playing with your friends being in the neighborhood you know you'd, you'd run I, I think that's the thing I think that's why I'm glad my kids like that movie as much as they do because. I feel like a lot of the nostalgia from that movie is a bygone thing. Like kids don't necessarily, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, kid, it, I mean, kids can't just hop on their bike and ride around like they could, like yeah, they could back true. in the, you know, 90s. I like 90s. that it's set in the 60s too because yeah. I don't think baseball has ever been as romanticized as it's been yeah. in the 60s. Yeah, because you're, you're, I mean, kids in that age, like they're coming off of, you know, the greats of, you know, of the 30s and 40s. like you know, All those great Yankee uh, players. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. Got, you got all those, I mean, all the rich baseball history. And then in the 60s, I mean, you, you had like that whole next generation of really great players that... Yeah, Willie Mays. Yeah. And, you know, you had Mickey Mantle, of course, was still playing ball, I, I think. I mean, I'm yeah. going to really be showing myself as a bad baseball fan, but... Uh, you know, Carlton Fisk. <laughs> Pod, the original Pud. <clears throat> yeah, those guys. I mean, there, there were tons and tons of great baseball. Well, I guess, no, Carlton Fisk was more he of a 70s more, guy. Yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you, I mean R- Roberto Clemente. Oh, yeah, Roberto um, Clemente, right. Uh, there, I mean, there was, there was kind of like that whole next generation 
Because, um, yeah, in the 60s, I think, is when you had Roger Maris, and because um, he was the former um, home run um, record holder. Speaking before. of Roberto Clemente, have you ever seen that documentary called No-No? Uh, it was called, like, No-No, the documentary about the baseball player who pitched a perfect game on LSD. I have not, no. You ever heard about that story? I'm, I'm not. I've not been There's a great Robin Williams bit where in his one of I think his most recent HBO stand-ups where he had a whole hilarious bit about it. There was a pitcher in the 70s, the early 70s, who pitched a perfect not a perfect game, a, a no-hitter while high on his brain. He was completely on LSD. That's pretty amazing. And he hit uh, he walked like six or seven guys and he hit two guys, but he didn't get he didn't give up a hit. <laughs> but his name was like Doc Hudson or something, but he played on the same team as Roberto Clemente. Interesting. It's a very fascinating documentary. It's free. That's, you can watch it on I it's on Amazon Prime, I think. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. Sorry, just pop that in no, there. No, I like that. Yeah. Say the more you know. LSD. It can help you pitch a perfect game. Kids if, no you're, looking, if you're looking for an edge. I say kids, like there's a bunch of youths out there. <laughs> I'm sure they're watching. Listening. Kids across America are like. Well, they love the YouTube. They do. Kids love the YouTube, they and we're the on the YouTube. That's why we're on the YouTube, man. We're trying to For capture kids. that child demographic. Yep, kids. That we lost way back when we started talking about D-double-Ds. Yeah. No, they're probably still in for that. They're probably they're they're, w- they're more into we, that. We, than we, we captured a good middle school audience there. <laughs> we, got, we lost the children, but we gained the middle school audience. They're going to say double yes. D again. Anything else you'd like to, to, no, to heap Sam, on with Sam? I mean, I think, I think everybody, I mean, if you've never seen The Sandlot, obviously you'll see it. You're killing me, Smalls. Killing me, Smalls. There's so, like I mean, the so many great lines, lines. So many great things just about that movie. Just to, all I like that it plays off the whole like chopper sick balls thing with the yep. the, the neighbor, like the ball gets hit. Yep. Uh, the, the Babe Ruth, was it the Babe Ruth? It's the Babe Ruth. Babe ball. Ruth ball gets hit across the fence. I mean, no, no kids had anything quite that dramatic or drastic happen to them. But I mean, I think any kid can relate to taking something that belonged to their parents and yep. playing with it, and, and then getting in serious breaking trouble. it or getting in trouble. The biggest like, pickle of your life. Yeah, uh, but great, great cast of kids. Yeah, um, yeah awesome movie. All what right, did, what year did that come out again? Ninety three. Yeah, I was gonna say ninety two, ninety three, something 92, like that. Ninety three, cool. The bee's got it! You're dead as a doornail, Smalls! You're dead as a doornail, Smalls! Smalls, you mean to tell me that you went home and swiped a ball that was signed by Babe Ruth, and you brought it out here and actually played with it? And actually played with it? All right, on to my next pick. Your next pick. I gotta pick another thing other than baseball. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think there's a ton of great baseball movies. The 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 talent pool is deep. Not so really for basketball movies. There's not a ton of great basketball movies. I'd mentioned Hoosiers in my year of 1986, so I'm not going to bring that up again, although I do think that's a great sports movie. But that's, you know, that's covered, been covered. Um, My top basketball movie that I'm going to go ahead and pick is White Men Can't Jump, Mm. my second movie with Wesley Snipes. Two Wesley Snipes Two Wesley Snipes In a row. I'm going to try and keep that streak going as long as I can. Wesley. Um, And it's a movie that's, it's about the hustle yeah. more than it is basketball. Like Woody Harrelson, we're led to believe. You know, Wesley Snipes is a, a gifted athlete, clearly. I mean, he's dunking and shit. Like he, the dude can he can he can make you believe he's a good ball player. Yes. He can make you believe he can play basketball too. He dominates. 
I would like to nominate Woody Harrelson for the award for that year, though, of making us believe that he could play basketball. Because, yes. like, I don't think that he really could probably play basketball very well. Certainly not well enough to beat a Wesley Snipes in a hustle. Or that he could maintain a successful relationship with Rosie Perez. Perhaps more unbelievable would be that, yeah. I would believe that she could actually get on Jeopardy more than he yeah. could have a relationship with. Because, I mean, Rosie Perez was a sweet little Puerto Rican piece back in the day. And he was Woody Harrelson. He was Woody. <laughs> he was always in movies where he had like women that were too gorgeous for him. You're like, what is going on? What here? was the movie where he had like uh, Robert Redford had offered him like a million dollars? It is a proposal. proposal. Was it Demi Moore? Yes. No way he's with Demi Moore. That's Bruce's gal. It was. Was. Now Ashton. <laughs> now Ashton's plowing that sweet <laughs> MILF piece. <laughs> So Woody Harrelson, um, Woody Harrelson is a as a basketballer. He's a from speaking of plowing. He's from Iowa. Yes. <laughs> Woody Harrelson or Ashton Kutcher? I know Ashton Kutcher from, from Iowa too. Actually, okay. yeah. I was gonna speaking say. of plows, speaking of plow, John Deere. <laughs> oh my God! No, Woody's supposedly like a disgraced basketball store uh, uh, player. It's the Jack and Coke kicking in, dude. He's a disgraced, I think, collegiate basketball player who got taken, uh, who, who was disgraced for taking money from, because uh, he clearly has like a gambling problem. That's yeah. sort of the... That's the motif. Yeah, that that's the um, conflict of the movie is he's always, he and Rosie, like, I forget her name in the movie, but... Uh, yeah, I don't remember her name in the movie. Q's foods to start with the letter Q's. I can't do a Puerto Rican accent. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't do a Puerto Rican accent. No, is, believe it or not. What is what are things coming to? I know. I used to be able to do one so well. Man. I used to I used to be able to do a very passable Rosie Perez. Q's. Things change. Qu Qu what was it? Quince? Not, not Quince. That's that's Jaws. I don't know. Wow, God, what's going on? What's happening, Adam? Why are you letting me do we're, this? We're off the rails here. <sighs> We left the rails about this. no, no. The conflict is he's you know he's 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 hustling. He's constantly trying to hustle to get make money to to get to make seed money so that they can I guess you know get to Hollywood and Rosie Perez could become a contestant on Jeopardy, Jeopardy, which I love that that little plot device they it's have. Like, okay. It's so good. So the 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 mafia, the the gambling people. Yeah, if you're gonna take if you're gonna take this and add another layer, yeah. like you got two guys that are hustling basketball. Yeah, got two guys. One of the guys basketball. is dating Rosie Perez, and she wants to get on Jeopardy. You're like, wow, this is mm -hmm. a really interesting plot. Yeah, and you're like, you know what? We're gonna kick it up one more notch. The mafia is involved in all this. Mafia is constantly after Woody. Like they just can't let him go. They can't cut him loose because he's too easy of a mark. Like he's gonna bet. And he owes them all kinds of money. I don't know why. Like supposedly he like ruined his life so he could throw. Well, I guess that's the point. Is he was he was gambling, and then they made him ruin his life by like you know shaving points or whatever. And then it got found out. And then that that pattern continues really all the way to the end of the movie. There's yeah. not a happy ending for Woody. In no, this movie. it's a Woody Harrelson ending. He loses Rosie Perez significantly. Like, he, he just loses. He fights to get her back like ten times in this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Constantly fighting she, to get her she back. she end up on a boat with a bunch of rich people? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. All I remember is that scene where she's got just like a jar full of cash. Yeah. And she's like rollerblading. He, he takes that, doesn't, doesn't he? He take takes it? that money and he, 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 he gambles again. But he wins. But there's that whole 
that whole speech, like sometimes when you win, you lose, and sometimes when you lose, you win. Like I didn't really understand it then. I don't understand it now. What? But yeah, he and Wesley Snipes, and then like Wesley, like a couple of different times, like he he he's benefiting from Woody all throughout the movie, and he's not really a good friend in this movie. No. <laughs> Even the part where he does try to like you know like don't don't take this bet where you can dunk because the the title of the movie White Men Can't Jump. Yeah. It's also right not there. very woke. No. And it, it, it climaxes the bar where he's like, I'll give you three chances to dunk this basketball, but Woody can't dunk because he is, in fact, white. And he's he's possibly Harrelson. the whitest guy in the world. He's Woody Harrelson. He's Woody White Harrelson. He should just be called Woody White. I mean, he probably point, was called Woody White at some point. Everybody knows him for Cheers, cheers at this yeah. point. He's like, and he's Woody. That's just it. It's like, okay, that being said, I will watch Woody in anything. I will watch him shave butter because he's fascinating. Ed TV. Turn on some Ed I, TV. I, he played Matthew McConaughey's gay brother. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Tallahassee. It's Tallahassee I'll, I'll from that. the Zombie he's, Land. He's made a resurgence in my in my estimation. He's made many resurgences. There was there was a like. while there was like I'm gonna three do. billboards out of Ebbing, Missouri. He put a phenomenal performance out in that movie. He was so good. There there was a time though Eddie Eddie or Woody Harrelson was he was a bit of a gamble. Just he was him being in the movie. He's kind of a throwback movie star. Like movie stars used to not look like, you know, handsome, like whatever, you know, they, they could kind of have a weird look to him yeah. and you be a have leading a Woody man. Harrelson look. You, yeah. He, he was, he may be the last of the weird look leading men. That's, a, that's not a club you want to be. Cause, in. cause the two, the two of those fellows from this movie reteamed uh, a year or two later for money train. Oh, that's right. Where the, he had one of the most glorious mullets. Yes. Money Train, not they did not recapture Dude. the magic. No, they didn't. White Men Can't Jump, I can watch that again and again and again and again it and is, again. It's one you can turn on and you can say, I could watch this. It's infinitely watchable. I could watch this. It's so good. They they make an unlikely pair, um, and I can understand why they would go, we got to do a movie to get together. Yeah. And I don't. I think the chemistry was real. I don't think it was accidental. I just thought the movie itself stopped. Was stupid. Yeah, they got it. They 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 couldn't get Rosie Perez, so they was it Jennifer Lopez. Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, so they like they went with you know they went with like another Puerto Rican, right? You settled. They settled. They settled. It was pre. It was pre. It was before J Lo was a thing. So it's like oh yeah, it was way before having Jennifer Lopez in a movie. I think she'd done Selena maybe, and she had yet to like hit big in the pop music. She hadn't done Anaconda yet, so she was pre. (laughs) She wasn't Jenny from the Block quite at that time. She was just Jenny. Just Jenny, you pass by and don't look yeah. twice. That yeah. was the name of she her was just first a fly album girl. that didn't hit. Just a fly girl at that point. Oh, that's true. She was a fly girl, wasn't she? Yes. Just like Paula Abdul. Yes. Was she, was Paula Abdul? She was a fly girl, right? She was a fly girl, <sighs> then became a choreographer. Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Straight up. Then she started dancing with animated cats and things kind of went sideways. MC Scat Cat? You talking about MC Scat Cat? After that. Okay. That was fine. But then after that, it was like things just kind of <laughs> fell off. They really did. And then she was an, a judge. Yeah. She's still cute, though. She's still around. She's a little, she's a little fire. She's, she's, she, could, she could challenge uh, Rosie Perez for the tiny little she, know, yeah. cute and tiny yeah. with the spark. Anyway, I don't know where we're going with this. Uh, that's my second movie. So I got a baseball movie, and then I got a basketball movie, both starring Wesley Snipes. No, there's certain things you can do, and there's certain things you can't. I can hear Jimmy. No, 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 I no. can hear Jimmy. Uh, no. Yes, I can. You can't hear Jimmy. Fuck you. No, you can't yeah, hear fuck Jimmy. fuck you. Good, fuck me. Yeah, fuck good, you. Good, good, fuck me. Fuck now you, say man. what you're feeling. 
Fuck you. Yes, yes. Fuck me. Fuck me. Fuck. All right. Um, you could do a whole lot worse. Let's see here. Um, well, then I, I'll um, as a transition as well. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you. Okay. In that. Okay. I'm jumping around on my list. This is, this is I'm completely out of order now. Oh Jesus Christ! These oh, aren't ranked gosh. anymore. No. Okay. We're, we're off the rails. So yes. Um, my favorite kind of podcast. One that's going off the rails, off the rails in a crazy train. on a train. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> crazy money train with Woody Harrelson and my buzz brain couldn't beat you to it. Um, so my number two pick in a similar fashion as yours. Uh, there's because there's not a lot of great basketball movies. Not really. Um, and this one is a good transition from baseball to basketball because it kind of encapsulates both sports, really, when you think about it. Okay. It's a little movie with uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone called Basketball. Oh, yes. God bless you, sweet man. I'm so glad you picked this movie because I didn't basketball. have the balls to do it. Oh, I'm, I am I got the balls for basketball. <laughs> um, please talk about basketball. Basketball is, is a fantastic movie brought to you by the creators of South Park, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yep. Um, and <clears throat> simultaneously, like really, cause this, this movie seemed to be a, a product of the success of South yes. Park, but it couldn't have been, it ha- they had to have been a making this movie at the same time as, su- yeah, as being a surprise hit. Yeah. Cause it was uh, mid mid nineties. I mean, South Park started, let's see there. It was 98. Yeah. 98. Yeah. So I mean, this Ooh, is maybe 97, late 97, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Cause they're getting ready to start their 23rd season of uh, South Park. Um, so no, no, this might have been two thousand. Okay. It might have been right at um, like late nineties, two thousand. So oh no, it was like ninety eight or ninety nine yeah, when baseball yeah. came out. Yeah, I don't know why I had it earlier in the night, but yeah. So it was it was right. I mean, like, and South Park really just had, you know, they had success, but it was really minimal success at that point. I mean, they'd only been around for a couple of years. Um, they were edgy. Everybody knew about them, but um, this is the first time you really saw them at. Uh, Stone and Trey Parker too. I mean, because it's true, you're used to their voices. Yeah, and they um, sold the movie that way too. Yeah, and it was because well, yeah, you. I mean, you and um, you had uh, what's his face? Who's the third guy on their team? Um, oh, the guy who played like uh, oh god, they call him Little Bitch, but what was his name? Yeah, Dick on it. Um, <laughs> he played. Uh, uh, oh god. Well, because they'd made Orgasmo first. Yes, and he he played. Was it uh, Chota Boy? Yes. <laughs> yes. I want to talk about Orgasmo in a future episode because that movie deserves to be we, talked about. We can about. make that happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Squeak. That's who he was. He was Squeak. Squeak. Oh. Um, but <laughs> Your mom goes out with Squeak. <laughs> it, was, it was just because it, it was great because it was more of the same kind of comedy. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was the stuff you had come to expect from South Park. Yeah. But as these guys live, but I, what I loved about it was it was, this, I mean, in the same way that they kind of disguise their genius in this, you know, dick and fart joke um, branding. Yeah. It was like the, the. It's a lot smarter than that. The whole movie is really this take on how, you know, sports used to be kind of this institution that people, you know, people could rally around and then teams started moving from place to place. So, you know, things, team names didn't make sense anymore. You got the Los Angeles Lakers that used to be in Minnesota. I love like, that intro. Yeah. And, and then, you know, all of these different um, companies got involved in branding stuff and it just went. The Lakers went to California where there were no lakes. Yeah. And the, the, jazz. <laughs> the jazz went to Utah where there's no like music or something yes. like that. And so it was just, it was. Steve and Perry. 
and that they were just <laughs> i mean they developed this game it's yes. and, it, and it was the, the game looks fun too you're like okay it's a game that like guys could just go out and play in their driveway yeah Regular guys. Um, yeah. And that was the thing that was so great about it. It was like this accessible, just a couple of dudes, you know, which one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie later on is when they have their whole conversation that's just dude, dude, <gasps> oh, dude. Man. Dude, I, I, I have that conversation with friends all the time. It's, I mean. Dude. 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 <laughs> the whole thing, I mean, like. The writing is fantastic. You had um, Jenny McCarthy and Yasmin Bleeth in there, which were yeah. I mean, they were just kind they, of perfectly. They were, they were funny in that. Yeah, perfectly applied, like late nineties. Um, I love the old man who would apply these innuendos, but like, and then Jenny McCarthy. Was all like, he really wanted was for her to do labor. Yeah, we should. <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm going to need you to polish this knob later, and she'd actually, you know, take it, an actual knob and polish it. The best was when, like, she was like. Doing the like, uh, like, the, like carpet, the carpet, yeah, the carpet stretcher or whatever. She's laying carpet, <laughs> and it was just fantastic. I mean, the, the, she's good at physical comedy, and I mean, it, she's that's, crazy, but she's good at physical comedy. It's one of those movies that, like, when people think about Matt, Matt Stone, and Trey Parker, I mean, they just they dismiss them so quickly, and I'm like, I was just, I feel bad for people. I was like, oh, this is this is just rude, you know, yeah. bathroom humor. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. oh, it's so much more so than that. sophomoric. And it's so much more like it's it's funny on that level, but it's yeah. like it, you know. And then th- there were some other things that were fun. Like there were, I, and at one point, um, they um, Trey Parker busts out the Cartman voice. Yeah, and then he uh, well, they there were two scenes that the crowd went nuts when I saw it in theaters. It was the Mr. Garrison, Mr. Garrison voice, and yeah, the, in the the Cartman scene. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot how much Doug Raymer cares about Cam. Yeah, <laughs> and it was fun though because you're like, oh well, he does Garrison. It's like, oh, it's Mr. Garrison's yeah. voice. It was so great. Yeah, it was. And then I mean, all the psychouts that they did. The psychouts were was, funny. Yeah. I mean, I love how each team had like a crazy ass theme. <sighs> yes, like there was like the the uh, oh gosh, what was the, the, there was like a gave like san francisco, san francisco yeah, yeah it was oh it was it was like stereotypes played but for fun and, and that was that's the thing that's so great about those guys is their humor really it's universe it's universally poking fun at everybody for doing yeah. all the silly stupid things we do yeah and it's like the people get most bent out of shape about it's like it's because you can't laugh at yourself yeah um but it, it was just, i mean it's such a great movie and just the commentary of like Talking about sports in the late '90s, early 2000s, just it was a great commentary. It was so it just it hit so great because it's like with free agency yeah. and like we want to we want to start a new league. And so and then you have the the uh, the late great Ernest Borgnine mm-hmm. as the uh, the the owner of the beers. <laughs> Remember this? I love the part when he's having the uh, funeral the, and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the video. Will it's like all right? This next part is just for me and. Oh, what's his, whatever his character's name. Uh, well, it was like Reamer, and uh, Reamer, Reamer was, I think, the Reamer other guy. Reamer was Matt Stone. Yeah. And, um, I forget. I don't know, man. It doesn't matter, but, it, but, but, but no Trey. one, no one gets up. Yeah, he goes, everyone leave now. And then, like, everyone just kind of looks just around. Sits, sits there. Yeah, nobody, nobody even attempts to get out. He doesn't leave him much time, though, to be no, fair. he doesn't. <laughs> he and waits, like, a five-second beat, and then... <laughs> And then just goes into a terribly embarrassing Remember that story. time we were at that place in Tijuana or like whatever. It was like, there were those two girls that turned out to be guys. You're like, what? Oh. And everyone's just sitting there looking at him. It's just, it's so fantastic. Like every everything. I'm too sexy for my shirt. It's like rubbing low, like yeah. cream Cocoa on his. butter. Like, oh. All the while Trey Parker is just dying in like, like oh. just embarrassment. <laughs> 
And then, the, then there was that the kid um, that was the he was oh, the sick God. kid. Yeah, and uh, like they take him drinking. <laughs> I love. I love when they're like he's going through like oh you you can have your make a wish. You know, what, what would you like to do? And he's going through all these things like, I want to poison a reservoir. They're like, what? I'd like to hunt an endangered species. Oh, man. That's uh, so great. And then they finally get to his like, and he's like, no, no. What's something real? I was like, uh, Chelsea Clinton. You'd have a better better shot at Bill, man. Right. Uh, right. It was just, but like th- that whole that whole side narrative. We get one of our first instances of like their songs that they do, yes. like the oddly specific situation. He's driving. Song where he's driving. <laughs> that was so great. I love that. That that band has a name too. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a funny name. Like they because they bust that. The, that voice out yes. for that you know like in multiple times in future movies and past movies too I guess oh, man they they deserve so much credit that movie is so so it fantastic is, it is a, I mean you can watch that movie anytime it's it's always hilarious and it, I mean it is it's just it's such it's such a good blend of comedy and like make you think and that's what South yeah. Park I mean there are plenty of scenes where like a somebody like you know. There was like a they put a dildo in their mouth or some weird shit. Oh, there was the, there was the scene where they're both they're standing. like raiding through like squeaks. Was it squeak or somebody? No, it was it squeaks. It was like just some random dude's house. Well, there was there was that whole scene where they're um, it was after the game and they were um, uh, they were in the the locker room and Yasmin Bleeth comes oh. in there. <laughs> They were implying they had like just they enormous giant, penises. Giant penises. I love that scene. Actually. That was pretty great because he he like shifts his body and it's just like, thump. And she <laughs> and she is like long wanger. She just gets so. <laughs> it was a good. She, it was a good moment for her to shine. It was yeah. It was it was. I mean, just she was the Baywatch babe. Every, That's all anybody. Every really scene, I swear, I mean, just like everything, one after another, it's just. The whole movie just ends up being. More if more you look at the poster and it's just the both of them holding two gigantic balls up to their testicles, yep. you it it you would be right. You would be justifiably turned off if you're just not kind of into that late nineties. Like they're kind of riding the wave of that Adam Sandler yeah. style comedy, you know, just like the dick and fart jokes, yep. American Pie, whatever. I mean, they were a dime a dozen comedies, but this one really does hold up. Or a lot of those totally. other movies are kind of embarrassing now. Like it's, that one still holds it's up. It's hard well. to watch a lot of like late '90s comedies because, yeah, they're I mean, they're really one note, and a lot they have of no them. substance to and, them. Really. And the jokes, I mean, like there's a lot of jokes in this one that are that are um, dated, but there's uh, absolutely the comedy still stands. Like they're still funny. So. Yeah, um, I really dig the part where they were talking about celebrations getting out of hand, and like the the football team scores oh, a yeah. touchdown, and they go into like a chorus line kind yes. of number. That's kind of become a thing now because yes. the NFL, you're allowed to celebrate. Yep, everything they talk about is happening. It, 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 it's all come to pass. <laughs> it like, kind of has. These guys predicted it. They yeah. called it. Good on them. Yeah. Thank you so much for basketball. Because it, it was a movie that I considered. I was like, eh, yeah. I was like, I gotta. Good on you. Man. There are good movies that passed that did not make my list because basketball did. <laughs> and I was okay with it. We can always do another episode of this. Yes. Even if some guy's trying to blackmail you and your girlfriend thinks you suck, it's up to you to let them know that it was all just part of some rich guy's evil plan. Look out ahead, there's a truck changing lanes. You got some yellow crumbs on your upper lip. And those warts on your dick aren't gonna go away Unless you start using topical cream every day Okay, 
So number three, my third movie. I'm gonna. I'm trying to pick a football movie. There aren't a ton of good football movies. There's all. There are a. There's a dirge of like good high school football movies. Um, but I'm like well, the NFL is so popular. Why aren't there more popular NFL movies? I can't believe it. The only one that like I can think of that's come out is the one about the concussions, which paints the NFL in a really oh, poor yeah. light. Was that that Will Smith? One? Yeah, it was like yeah. Which it was okay. I didn't watch it because it was Will Smith. This is a movie that I was, you know, I was doing a little bit of research, trying to think of like good sports movies because I've seen a million of them. Surely there were some. I was like, a dozen or so come to your head like right away. It's like, there's got to be that hidden gem movie that like I've forgotten about. And I came across this one and it's called Draft Day. Kevin came, Costner. Yeah, it came out in 2014 and it's fast. It's a fascinating movie. It's another Kevin Costner because, uh, and then like, I don't know that I ever saw it. It's I remember really it, good. I I it's it. really engaging. Like the whole the whole movie is, and it's got Rene Russo, and they always make a good pair. Seemingly, uh, they've yeah. done a couple other movies in the past together. Uh, but he is the general manager of the Cleveland Browns, another Cleveland team just mired in mediocrity forever, bringing everything together, bringing all tying it all together with Cleveland. Um, so yeah, he's he's the boss of the Cleveland Browns. He's you know the the fans are tired. He's a legacy. He's the son of the team, his owner. Like they're you know on their deathbed. You know his dad just wants like just wants to see a winner. And you know the movie starts out basically the Browns have like the seventh overall pick, and you know the team with the number one overall pick wants to make a trade, and. They ask for this crazy, like, ask. Like, you know, they, they give, well, like, we'll give you the number one pick, but we want your next three number ones for three years, which is crazy. It's happened in the past, and it always ends up bad for the team that reaches for that quarterback. And, the, you know, usually on in history, like, the other team fares out way better. Way better. You know, way better. They'll take those three number one picks and, and build a better team. Yep. So, you know... The ownership really, really wants him to take the deal. He has this player in mind that he really wants to take, that he's in love with. It's this linebacker from Ohio State. Um, but he ends up taking the number one pick because if you have the number one overall pick, lots of things happen for you. First of all, you become the center of the attention of all of the NFL. Like everyone yeah. talks about you all like summer long, you know, like what, what are they going to do with the number one pick? It's a number. Uh, if you pick the right player, it can really turn your franchise yeah. around. It could be um, a big deal. If the guy is out there, you know, like there, there have been players like that, like a Peyton Manning, like you would, you would mortgage the future to get a player like that. A lot of times they don't work out, but sometimes they do. So he, he reluctantly takes the pick. So he's like, so like part of the movie is just him trying to decide who he wants to take. And there is this blue chip quarterback and he seemingly, you know, is like content. Like he has a coach, this disgruntled coach who's just really, he's an offensive minded coach. I think it's Dennis Leary. Uh, plays the head coach, if I'm not mistaken. And he, you know, he's, he's over the moon. He's like, you know, like my job's on the line. Like I could really, you know, I could make a go of this if I had this quarterback. Yeah. And, uh, but he, he, he's a smart man. Like he comes from a football family. He knows it. Like you can build your team up defense, take the smart player, this linebacker, like Ohio state, you know, like get this guy. Uh, so he's, he's pretty much being forced to take this quarterback, but then like 
the the kid who he'd been in discussions because you know they have talks you know like they yeah. have interviews and stuff throughout the process or, you know, they, they, he knew he was going to get taken by the Browns and he word gets out you know like well you got the number one pick now you're going to go with this quarterback well apparently they had a game with each like they played against each other uh, and he kind of dominated this quarterback so he leaks through the media that like you know because they were trying to keep everything a secret he leaks it. So now, like, everybody's like, yeah, we're getting this quarterback. So, like, really now he has no choice but to take this quarterback. So what ends up happening is he gets into his his mind, like, the kid calls him the Ohio State, the Ohio State kid, and he's like, you can't take this kid. Go back and watch the tape. I was in his head. He's a, he's, you're going to, it's going to be a bust. This quarterback's going to be a bust. He convinces him. So he ends up taking, with the number one overall pick, the guy he was going to take at seven. And, like, oh, the drama unfolds. Like, er, like the owner uh, he he like flies to Cleveland. He's gonna fire him like instantaneously. Like you're in a, you are embarrassing us. You know, like you could have. Everybody knows you could have had this kid at seven. You're you know, and he drafts him at num- number one. And everybody's like, oh my god. So, but the interesting thing that happens with that is like now everybody starts thinking that quarterback is damaged good somehow. Huh. So he starts falling down the ladder. And I love the NFL draft. Like I, I eat it up because these things really happen. Yeah. You got, there's, there's you know, real drama there. A lot of times like the draft plays out like you expect. And I'm, I'm just boring a shitload of people right now with all this stuff maybe. But pay attention. Hey, this is a sports themed episode. So yeah. you know what you're getting into. <laughs> sports. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like the draft really is a, it's it's this drama that plays out over several hours. So like now he's got all these teams in their head like, well, well if they didn't take him number one and they traded up, well we're not going to take him with two. Same thing happens at three, four. So Kevin Costner's seeing this happen, and he's like, wow, this is crazy. So he knows the team at seven wanted that quarterback really, really bad. So he calls, he, he gets in touch with like the number six. And I like to, cause like it's real NFL teams for a change. They don't just like, it's not like the Baltimore bashers, you yeah. know, it's like real stadiums and real yeah. teams, which added that level of authenticity. You really look for like Roger Goodell's in it. I think at I one like point. It. Yeah. So he convinces this rookie general manager that, you know, it's like, we, we know you want this quarterback. You love this quarterback, you know, like, it's like we'll we'll trade you. I can't remember exactly because now my memory is kind of playing out. But he somehow convinces. Uh, oh, I know what it is. He he convinces this rookie general manager to give him the sixth overall pick, and he'll give him their next three second round picks. So that just infuriates like like the owner even more. He's like now he's given up his like next three number ones and his next three number twos. This franchise is doomed for the next three years because he ends up taking like that guy could have had it seven and they yeah. would have all those picks anyway. So what he does, he takes those, he takes the deal and then he calls up the team that was, you know, traded him the, for the seven first and he says, okay, we're going to draft this quarterback. We're going to take him. And he's like, you bastard, you can't do that. And he's like, okay, I want my three number one picks back. I'll give you, you give us our three number ones back. We'll give you the sixth pick and then they make the trade. So what starts happening is like, he starts being like, everyone's making fun of him. Like the, the whole commentary, like this guy is an insane, he's crazy. Now the, the story starts turning. It's like, he's a genius. You know, he got the guy who wanted the number one. He got his ones back now, you know, and like throughout the whole process, like he's fighting with his head coach, but there's this running back that he really loves. 
And he's like, all right, if you can get me this running back, I'm back on board. So they end up drafting this running back with like the sixth pick. So he gets all, I mean, it was, it was great. And by the end of the movie, like he's redeemed. He, he got That's the player Kevin that Cosmer. he really wanted. He got extra player. He got like, everybody's happy. And the Browns come out looking like, you know, smelling like roses. Yeah. And, you know, and like. They need Kevin Costner. And he, there's a romance story with, with Renee Russo, Russo, who plays like their financier. Like she, she handles the numbers, but he's got her pregnant. You know, that they're happens. like, that, they're like in a secret relationship. That old chestnut. <laughs> but anyways, it, if you're into the NFL and the draft, it's porn for that. It, it's just. It's so well made. I'm going to have to check this movie out. It's really fun. So anyways, that's my number three. The Cleveland Browns select Vontae Mack, linebacker, Ohio State. All right, my number three. And I row. spoiled that movie for you, like, beat for beat, really. That's all right. <laughs> Came out in 2014. It's my own fault. Mm-hmm. Um, numero tres. Numero tres, which is Spanish. For the the ocho. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll, I'll follow suit once again, because nice. I, I have a football movie on my all list. All right, perfect. Um, it's we didn't not, plan it's, that. It's not um, a, an NFL movie that's okay it's a college football movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh it m- not a high school football movie no so many notable high school football movies this this one i think may be the greatest football movie of all time though because um, it features uh mikey from the goonies <laughs> okay as <laughs> the greatest underdog of all time right right there's a great kfc commercial parodying this right now <laughs> Rudy, Rudy, yeah, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> that that movie, it's it's the first time you see once again Indiana, John Favreau and uh, Vince Vaughn. That's where they they met. Okay, I didn't know yes. that. I didn't realize that. Yep, because uh, Vince Vaughn was one of the guys on the team, and John yeah. Favreau was his uh, study buddy from the um, the Catholic school that he went to there before yeah. he transferred over to Notre Dame. Oh, that's awesome. <clears throat> so John Favreau was a fit. He was fit at this yes. point. He wasn't sloppy, like happy. He from... no. He he was <laughs> he was he he's just kind of, he's got kind of an odd body shape. He does. Um, if he just grows his hair out, he looks fatter than yeah. he actually is. I think it's a lot to do with it. But he uh, there's I mean I mean the fat on his neck too. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's not a lot working out, which yeah. is why he makes the deal with Rudy. Okay, uh, that you know he can help him talk to the ladies. Because he needs some help talking to the ladies, mm-hmm. um, which Sean Austin wouldn't need. No, because he's he's adorable. Yes, especially in this movie. So cute. He's gonna pinch his cheeks. Um, but he, you know, he he comes. Um, it's a real turn on for ladies, by the yes. way. Yes, um, <laughs> squishy cheeks. He's a you know he's he's a he's a small guy. He's from Indiana. Grows up lo- loving Notre Dame mm, as you would. Just this fighting Irish. Um, his dad is Ned Beatty. Which is perfect. Just a real son of a bitch. Yes, that's how you describe. That's how that's how Ned Beatty's mom describes Ned Beatty. He's a real son of a bitch. Real son of a bitch. Um, but just I mean, it's it's uh, to me, it's like that quintessential underdog story. I mean, there's so many. That's I mean, that's a recurring theme in sports movies. You get a lot, 
is the underdog that comes out on top because oh, everybody, yeah. everybody, everybody loves, loves an underdog. Loves an underdog. Yes. And Rudy is just, you know, it's one of those, I'm like, if you haven't seen Rudy, I don't know what's wrong with you. Because it's just such, I mean, it's such a great, I mean, it, and it's one of those, like, it's a great football movie. But it's just a great movie. Yeah. You know, the whole story. Oh, you know, man. I mean, just. Even, when he gets carried off. Oh. Shit, man. If you don't have a heart. And, I mean, Charles, Charles S. Dutton, the groundskeeper, you know, that gives him a key to let it, because he, he realizes he's just sleeping out in the Charles S. Dutton of, of Alien 3. Yes. <laughs> what, was the, what was the sitcom that he had on Fox? Uh, was it like Dutch or something like what was it? I'm I'm not sure. I don't know. He was a garbage man. It was pretty good. I can't remember I what it was called. Now. Yeah, it was pretty good. He anyway. was in jail for a while. I think for murder. Um, like but, really for reals? Yeah, Charles just done was in jail. Holy crap. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was for murder. All right. Um, well, it wasn't like collar uh, crime. It no. was good old fashioned murder. I love I love when when Rudy gets in. And uh, there's a there's a really awkward and I've used it several times as a gif, but there's kind of like this really awkward like one clap that he does. It's really <laughs> intense. Like he's so excited for Rudy, but it's, yeah, it's like it's almost yeah. too much. Like yeah. his, his body wants to celebrate more, but he's restraining himself. It's <laughs> a good piece of acting right there. But the you know, and then Rudy's family's there. It's that last game. It's the last play. They're like. You know, you, you've, you got all these people that have hated on Rudy. You're like, oh, he looks so little in that uniform. Tiny little guy. And they're like, <laughs> no, no, we're putting Rudy in, man. Oh, that's gosh. what like. He's he's gone all four years. Yeah. He's worked his hardest. He's I mean, yeah. he's there before everybody else. He's there after everybody else. He's just he's the guy that busts his ass twenty. There was a real life Rudy, right? Yes, there was a real life. There Rudy. was a real life Rudy. And it, so I mean, it is it knowing that it's based on a true story. It's like just makes it that much more accessible to where you're like, yeah. A little guy can make it. And I was like, I only did. I mean, he ran one play, but it's yeah. like he gets he gets to go down. He made the, the best books. of it. It's like the best he, of it. He didn't score the winning touchdown. He did. It wasn't like oh, he's going to go down in this, you know, this glorious career. It's like no, he just got to run one play. But it means that his dream is fulfilled. That he was a Notre Dame football player. Yeah, and that's that's all it took. And it was. Well, he had already fulfilled his dream to be a player on yeah. the team, but to actually. To get, get some minutes. Like yeah, to get, actually to get, get counted. It. For it to count, it was like he's got to run at least one play. Any Anytime like I watch a college college game of any sport, basketball in particular, when they unload the benches in a blowout, I'm always thinking of that Rudy moment. Yep. You know, it's total trash time, but it's so awesome to see the starters and they're just up off the bench yeah. cheering. Like anytime cheering they get their up. name in the book for whatever reason, a rebound, a free throw. Anything. A foul. You exist now yeah, because you're, you're in, in the book. You made it. Yeah. And it is. It's, I mean, it's just in that moment whenever, when the whole stadium is cheering Rudy, you're just oh, like, man. you just get filled with that. Yeah. It, it's, up, it's up there with like the natural in yeah. hitting the home run. Yep. It's not quite as, as, as iconic, but it's up it's, there. It's on par with that. It's yeah, on it's, par. I guess so, you're right. Yeah, it is on par. So it's it's just it's one of those it moments. Doesn't have that great theme to go along with. Yeah, it. <laughs> you just get everybody chanting Rudy, yeah. Rudy, and it's it, just to prove to himself, to prove to his family, to prove mm-hmm. to. I mean, it's just like it's such this vindicating moment. It's like, and it's predicated on so little. Yeah, and it's just it's so great. I mean, it's just and that's that's what I'm like. Okay, Rudy has to make it to the list. Like, I'm glad it's on the there's, list. Uh, again, other stuff that got cut that I would. There aren't a ton of great college football movies. No. 
There's a couple out there's there. There's a few. There's not a ton of them. But yeah. Mostly high school. I yeah. think because of the high school drama and the pretty yeah. people and everything, you know. Yep. With and with college, it's just not. It's it's a lot of grind and college work. Yeah, <laughs> you can't really get caught up in the story as much. There's a handful of them, but not as many as as Rudy as as good as Rudy. Yeah. You're five feet nothing, a hundred and nothing, and you got hardly a speck of athletic ability, and you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years, and you're also gonna walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. Good drama. So, yeah. So, Rudy, that's my number three. All right. So, it's up to me to go number four. Number four. I have to jump back on the baseball bandwagon. Okay. There's just so many. Uh, but my next movie is the Penny Marshall, uh, Tom Hanks, Madonna flick, A League of Their Own. Great movie. Um this no is, crying this in is, baseball. Yeah. This is, this is actually a better movie than Major League. It's a great movie. Uh, yeah, I, I can watch it both. I could I could just do a double header <laughs> of these two movies. Nicely played thank there. Thank you. Thank you. Let's play two. Oh. <laughs> There's another Cubs reference for you. Oh yeah. Um this was a big turning point for Tom Hanks's career, I think. Yep. He he kind of transitioned from the wiry funny guy to he was had a million laughs in this movie, but he was a little bit unrecognizable for a bit. And he, he put was, on some weight. There was there was a little bit of a redemption story for him in it too, because he yeah. wasn't he didn't come on the scene. Jimmy as, Dugan. Yeah, he didn't come on the scene as a real likable guy. No, not at all. A real uh, he was a real asshole. Yeah. Really, uh, he he's the uh, the uh, you know the superstar who. Kind of isn't real notable, not as notable as other contemporaries in his, his was, time. Was he too old to go to war, and that's why he was still around, or was it just that he? Well, wasn't it just his knee or something? Yeah, I, I was, think it was, was the injury like that caused him. That... Yeah, and, and that was a time when, like, you know, prior to Vietnam, like it was a great honor to go to war. Yeah. Like, you know, there were a lot of people who would abandon their comfy lifestyles for the opportunity to go to war for their country. A lot of famous people did it. Um, so, you know, he's one of those guys. So he had that chip on his shoulder. He had the chip on his shoulder that he hit a lot of home runs and nobody really, you know, looked at him as one of the greats. Um, and, and he, and he was an injured guy and he, he got saddled with this, uh, crazy, you know, offer to coach women's baseball, which was again, in itself, a true story. They, while, while they were going off to war, uh, they, you know, they, they, they wanted to continue to make money, uh, you know, as best they could. They couldn't, they couldn't fill s- the stands because all the great baseball players were going off to war. Uh, they, they came up with this novel concept of an all women's league. All so women's. they, they got the prettiest girls who could play ball and they started up this league and that league kind of got, you know, they, everybody turned their back on the league once all everybody came back from the war. Yep. Understandably so. I mean, that's just, you know, the major leagues was the major league. So it's, it's, it was just kind of this fun distraction. And, and they deserve so much credit for providing yep. uh, America that fun distraction, playing real competitive baseball while also like, you know, you get over that novelty and they don't get any respect. And like there's yeah. the one scene where the girls kind of, uh, you know, like he, you know, they're showing off the uniform and he's catcalling. And then, yep. you know, like I think, 
was it? Oh gosh, what was it? Not Dottie, but uh, who was Gina Davis's character's name? She was Dottie. Was that Dottie? Yeah. Oh, Kit. Kit was her, Kit sister. was her sister. Okay, yeah. Dottie fires the ball into the guy and like shuts him up. Uh, but I, I love again. It has a great, um, some good montages in the movie. Yep. Uh, I, I love the whole bit with um, uh, John Lovitz. Oh yeah. Where he's recruiting the players, and he he has some great. He steals the movie for a little oh, bit. Yeah. Uh, probably the most endearing he's ever been. Very good chance, yeah. He's John Lovitz, but he's also kind of, you like him. Yeah. Because he does take a chance on the one girl who everybody tries to go to bat for, another baseball fun. You know, they're all going to bat for the girl, but she's kind of like, oh, you know. Marla? Marla Hooch. <laughs> what a great Gotta name. I love Marla. Unfortunate name. Yeah, but I love that scene where the, the boys are playing defense and pitching to her, and they're like in a gymnasium for some yep. reason. It's just so weird. Why couldn't they like practice outside? <laughs> I don't know. I guess for effect, because she's just slugging the ball. Yeah. And then and then she goes, okay, right-handed. And then all the guys go, oh, you know, because they know she's going to start hitting it even harder. <laughs> but she's so impressive. And they're like, we well, got to get her on the team, even though she's not, like, pretty like yeah. all the other girls. Uh, Lori Petty was so awesome in the movie. Yeah. It's it was the role. I mean, you know, I knew her as the surfer girlfriend from Point Break from Point before Break. that. She'd been in some other stuff, I know. Tank girl. Yeah. But as Kit, she was just, it was a great story because she was that underappreciated, overshadowed, um, you know, only in the league mainly because of the because big of sister. Dottie. Everybody was, you know, everybody was, she was the superstar always. And she was really the one that they wanted and they could only get her if they got Kit. Yep. And like, so that was interesting. And then I liked the, how she became a rival player at the end and actually, you know, has the big moment which was unexpected. Like she yep. actually gets the winning moment. Uh, just, just so many memorable scenes. Madonna and uh, Rosie, O'Donnell. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell were fantastic together. Oh, yeah. I don't think Madonna's ever been as, as enjoyable. As no, ever. That was she was the most likable all the way. May is a great yep. character. Just love her. Um, and yeah, Rosie O'Donnell, the two of them, you know, like they had just, they had such wonderful chemistry and just hit it off. Like they were, they became fast friends in real life. Yep. Um, it's just, it's fantastic. It's kind of heartbreaking. There are scenes where they are, you know, they're playing a game, but there is a war going on. And these ball players, these girl ball players, have husbands that are off in the war. And they have that really heartbreaking scene where, yeah. you know, Tom Hanks kind of, in one of his more redeeming roles, has to let one of the girls know their husband died. Yeah. So that that was a heartbreaking scene. So, but the, there's all these like moments of levity, like you're ha we're having fun, and then like that happens. And, yeah, there was there was there was some real. Um, heart wrenching moments. There were some real emotional times in that movie, and it was because it's that's one of those movies. When I go back and I think about it, it's like that's one of those movies. It was kind of new to me at that time in that respect because it was like I'm laughing, I'm laughing. This is fun. Yeah. Oh, this is really serious. Yeah. I was like, and there. I mean, it's not like every movie ever was just slapstick comedy the right, entire way right. through. It was like some of the. I mean, like the the. Um, Intensity of that situation. I'm sure the first time I watched it, that was kind of lost on me. Yeah. But I know in subsequent viewings, it's like yeah. that's a really once you get scene. perspective on yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, just just a lot a lot of people lost their lives in that war. So uh, it wasn't the bloodiest American war. That's probably the Revolutionary War, I guess. But you know, crazy. How uh, yeah, it, it was. Um, I I really enjoyed uh, the whole scene, <laughs> the whole part where they're trying to 
prim and proper the girls yes they're going through the whole like uh finishing school yep. kind of thing that was really good uh but I, it, it it's just a great movie i i like how they bookended it with the um the hall of fame, the hall of fame yep. you know and, and they had actually aged up like gina davis and the other girls and they all kind of have a reunion and come together it's it's so good the the woman's voice is actually gina davis dubbed over Oh, is it? Mm. Oh, okay, okay. I thought that was actually her with makeup. No, they, that actor looked a lot yeah, like they, Jimmy Davis. They had they got somebody and that they decided amazing. To, okay, they decided to dub her voice over. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, I love the Gary Marshall stuff where yep. he was like the uh, the he was the candy bar guy. Yeah, he was the, like the commissioner, the owner, kind of yeah, ran the whole thing. You, you got to have a Gary Marshall scene. Yeah. He just always kills it in whatever little scene they give him. Um, but yeah, it was really sad when Penny Marshall passed away. That was like the first thing I thought about. Yeah. You know, of all the things she'd done, League of Their Own was just a masterpiece. I th- I kind of think it's the best baseball movie ever. I kind of think it's a really fantastic. Movie. I mean, no no disrespect at all to the Sandlot and and you know any number of dozen other great baseball movies. Like I kind of love that movie more than anything else. It's a really great movie. Yeah. Anyways, that's my number four. Why Lou stopped? Lou quit. Who's Lou? The driver. A car could have came by me. Hey, man, come on, you girls. We got dinner. What? Get on a bus. What did he say? Is that English? <sighs> by the way, I loved you in The Wizard of Oz. Okay. Number four, A League of Their Own. Yes. All right, let's see. I'm going to go. I'm going to go a little bit off the reservation then. I'm not going to follow you on this one. I couldn't because okay. of, of my next two. Okay. Neither of them are baseball. I, I appreciate you following me all the way up to all this point. All the way. Yeah. Um, I'm on my own now. Uh, so my number four, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save uh, save this one for the other one for last. My number four um, is a movie I used to watch every Sunday night um, for a couple of years. As I got ready for my work week, um, starting up. Monday morning, bright and early at the golf course, because I could, <laughs> I could relate so much to Carl Spackler um, from the Bushwood Country Club. Yeah. Uh, so my number four pick would be Caddyshack. Um, you got to mention it, right? It's 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 just it's one of those movies. I am not a good golfer. I'm not an avid golfer. It has been years since I golfed. It makes you want to play golf. It though. does make you want to play golf, but it's it's just it's one of those movies. It's in the time period of guys that were, I mean, kind of an emerging force of comedy in this in the late seventies, early eighties, um, and, and it was just such an amazing film for so many reasons. And it's one of those you could watch over and over and over. You could quote so many lines. You had Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, yeah, um, Rodney Dangerfield, Rodney Dangerfield, Ted Knight, uh, Brian Doyle Murray was mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, um, forgot about that. I had. Uh, can't remember the name of the guy that played Danny now. Um, I never can think of his name. Um, but uh, I just, I mean, the whole, everything about the whole movie uh, was just, was from the from the kickoff with um, Kenny Loggins' I'm All Right. Oh, one of the greatest theme songs like, in the 80s. It just opens movie. the movie up perfectly. Yeah. Um, I love that gopher. To the, the gopher, the dancing gopher, and yes. Carl Spack, that whole thing. Oh my god! Oh, I, you know, <laughs> with the with the plastic, like the the uh, T, the, not the TNT, but the C four, C four. Yeah, he's making C four animals, animals. <laughs> he's off the deep end, man. Oh, that was the, uh, the the scene with he and Ty in the in the in the, the garage or whatever his home. 
his apartment. You, you you got a you got a pool over there, right? Yeah, we got a we got a pool. We got a pool and a pond. Uh, pond would probably be better for you. Um, <laughs> That's pretty good. He talks about your Carl's pretty decent. Oh, it's pretty decent. We used, uh, Carl Carl was we we worshipped Carl as as uh, groundskeepers. You know, we would go out there and you know, he, I bet. T- a Cinderella story. Oh my God! Bark like a dog. <laughs> Bark like a dog. He's like working that things, like pivoting it into the ground, <laughs> just grinding it. And there are these like old, old ladies, old lady. man. <laughs> it's such a wonderful thing. God bless. I think today's Bill Murray's birthday, actually. Well, happy birthday! Happy Bill. birthday, Bill. We know you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, so I get on over there as a, as a looper, you know, as a, as a caddy. Are you going to do the Dalai Lama? And uh, who, do, who do they pair me with? But the uh, Dalai Lama himself, you know, 12th son of the Lama, flowing robe, <laughs> bald head, the whole nine yards. <laughs> That's one of the greatest monologues. So he steps up to the first tee, and he hauls off and whacks it into a crevice. <laughs> <clears throat> so we finish up, and, you know, he's going gonna, he's gonna to stiff me. I, I, so he says to him, I says, uh, you know, hey, Lama, I'm a little, uh, you, know, you know, something for the effort, huh? And so he says to me, uh, oh, there will be no money. Exchange here today, but uh, on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. So you know, I got, got that going, going for me, for me. Yeah, which is nice. <laughs> All the meanwhile, he's holding a terribly pointed rake up to the oh, neck yeah. of the kid, like he's like you can't. <laughs> he's move just jabbing or he's with it. He's gonna get stabbed. Yeah, <laughs> he's got his attention. Oh, the, I was like, yeah, that that movie. I love. I've I've probably watched that movie. Oh man! Times. Oh my god! I it, love Caddyshack. It's great. And when I was like, okay, again, there are so many fantastic sports movies. I can't put a ball without going, no, 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 no. I can't do it. I can't obnoxiously. I'm doing that every time. <clears throat> you know, I'm playing two rounds of mini golf. I'm going, no, 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 like every single time. Oh, don't say yourself short, Judge. You're a tremendous slouch. Oh, God. That, that, I think that's the funniest Chevy's ever been. It, it very. I mean, I mean, other than Griswold, other like than Grizz, Clark, it's I, his, yeah, that's his magnum opus, right? But there. but really and truly, I mean, Ty Webb, you know, and I just completely omit Caddyshack too because he to me was not oh, in that. That just no, never happened. That didn't happen. That was a fever dream. But it, it like Jack Ty Webb, Mason, um, Dan Aykroyd, just I mean, it was so fantastic. It captured the essence of of that the seventies so perfectly. Yeah, even though it was an eighties movie. Yeah, it was it was really. I mean, but like, we've talked about like when you're in the early years of yeah, a decade, you're you're you're, de- you're, a, you're kind of bringing the late yeah. 70s. They hadn't yeah. switched into 80s full no. 80s mode yet, so it was really just that. I, you don't so, get an identity of a decade until a couple years. Yeah, ago. it was a definite celebration of the 70s. Yeah, and uh, you know Rodney Dangerfield as Al Chervik, just this loud, obnoxious, anti-country club kind of guy. He's like a nuclear bomb of like comedy. Blowing up and then when he's when he's out there and he's got his he turns on the radio on his, and he's out there and he's just the he's doing he that, that he's jerky like, dance. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> who let Rodney Dangerfield dance? Oh my god, why did you do this? It's so it but makes it's me so happy. It makes so me wonderful. happy. So yeah. we've mentioned Caddyshack before in a previous episode. We, so we we may just be reiterate, reiterating a lot of of, of hilarious points, but. It, it deserves it. Caddyshack it deserves is amazing. It. It's it's its reputation is well deserved. If you haven't watched it or you haven't watched it in a while, go watch Caddyshack. It's a great Ivan Reitman movie. It'll just it'll just make you happy. Ivan Reitman directed Draft Day, by the way. 
Did he? I think so. I, did not I, I don't think I'm making that up. I don't want to check though. <laughs> no, nope, we're gonna leave it. I think it is an Ivan Reitman movie, which you know he he was all over the place. Oh in yeah, the end. he was all over the place. He's a good man. You're a tramp. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, that was right where you wanted it. Oh, Mrs. Crane, you're a little monkey woman. You know that. You're a little monkey woman. You're lean and you're mean and you're not too far between either. I bet are you, huh? Would you like to wrap your spikes around my head? Come, your eyes, man. He is. All, All right. right. So, so, God, I'm I'm gonna avoid shout outs because I think we really could do this again. So I don't I don't want to. You can. I've got, I've got a few honorable mentions that if you because I have I, I don't know how I'm a number of movies. I that I, I, I feel so tempted. Like I could, okay, let's let's allow ourselves a, do it. two honorable mentions. Okay. Okay, one of my honorable mentions is going to be Bad News Bears. Walter Matthau. It's it's so good. I mean, I, it, we, we're going to talk about it at some point in the future of the podcast. Yeah. We're going to have to. And I want to give a shout-out to uh, Dodgeball. If you could have a wrench, I, Dodgeball. <laughs> you put basketball in, so I feel like that filled that spot yeah. that you know it could have gone into. So instead, I'm going to go with a bit of an off-the-beaten-path flick. Um. Why don't you go and do your honorable mentions too? Actually, okay, I'll do I'll do my honorable mentions. Yeah, um, I'm gonna do uh, Miracle. Okay, uh, Kevin, 19- Kevin, Kurt Russell uh, about the 1984 Miracle uh, USA hockey team. Love that movie. Love yeah. that movie. I haven't seen um, it. Believe it or not, so good. I, I feel like I've seen it though. Like there's in- there's there like there's a my favorite moment in the movie. Um, it was after they had played. I think it might have been after they played Russia the first time. Um, I can't remember who they played, but he was just so pissed at them, and they had to do um, sprints back and forth. They were skating, and they were, I mean, guys were throwing up, and it was just he was asking them, you know, who they are and who they play for. And it finally got back to um, Michael Ruzioni, who uh, I think he ended up being the team captain. Um, and just in this really powerful moment, he said, "Michael Ruzioni, who do you play for? Yeah. United States of America." All right, we're done. That was the whole point he wanted to make. It's like no. You are not guys that play for Boston or guys that play for Minnesota or guys that play for here or there. You guys play for Team USA. It was just like this visceral, really great moment. I love that. It sums up the whole movie. And then uh, to transition to something wildly opposite, kicking and screaming with Will Ferrell. (laughs) Great soccer movie. Great. Yeah. I I considered that too. Like it was, it was, I didn't write it down, but it came across me and I was like, it, do I want to do a soccer? Because I was trying to like be fairly well re- representative yeah. of all the sports, you know. Yeah. But some sports they just don't make a lot of great flicks for. Yeah. You know? There's not a lot of soccer movies. You know, it's like you got Ladybugs, Bennett, like Beckham, and Kicking and Screaming. The Big right? Green. Yeah, that's true. The little fat, chubby cheeks, like freckled kid. I love that. Patrick kid. Renna. Yeah, I love that kid. All, all right, right. So I got a real decision to make here. Round it out here. Both of these are going to be non-traditional sports movies. They they are sporting related, and uh, I'm gonna save one because I could probably talk about this in length due to a scene in the movie that just makes the movie for me. And I want to do us, I want to do a future podcast where we just talk about uh, memorable scenes. I like that, I'm down with that. Yeah, just like just just it carries a movie. So you know, the, there's a scene in this movie that I'm gonna go ahead and decide not to do. Okay. <clears throat> so my number five movie, I don't even I don't know if you've seen it. It's kind of a indie type movie, but it's called Buffalo sixty six. I've and, heard of it, and it no, has Vincent Gallo in it, and um, it also has Christina Ricci. 
Uh, I, I know the, I can picture the cover art for it. Yeah, it's uh, like a silver kind of like, yeah, that's the. Yep. Right. It is a weird movie, but it is, it's like one of those kind of like Napoleon Dynamite movies. It's got this like, it's not funny like Napoleon Dynamite. It's actually very dark. So Vincent Gallo, I hate to like even reward him with like any talk time because like he's like actually like a real big douchebag in real life. But he made this movie. Like I think he wrote and starred in it. I don't know if he he did direct it too. He plays it. It's set in Buffalo in the makes sense mid. Yeah, it's set in Buffalo in I I want to say the late nineties. I think it's like actually contemporary to the to the time of the okay. making of the movie. And um, so in Buffalo, this is pretty recently after their four straight Super Bowl appearances where they famously lost the all Bills, four. Yes. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills. Just like the the picture of futility. Yeah. Just they 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 were a dynasty yeah. in the 90s, but they never could win a Super Bowl. They would always come up against some better team in the NFC that would just beat them. And um, but it all started with the 1991 Super Bowl when the New York Giants beat them. But their kicker, uh, oh gosh, I can't even remember his name now, which is probably good because for a long time, for a long Ray time, Finkel? was it Ray Finkel? No, no, it wasn't. No. It laces out. No, no, I, I can't think of the actual kicker's name, so it's probably good. But he actually has a part in the movie, not the real life guy, oh. but he plays. He's a Let's character in this movie. The uh, kicker missed. A chip shot field goal at the end of the Super Bowl that would have won the game. And that was like the curse. That's what a lot of people like believe, you know, like they couldn't win a Super Bowl. It's it's sports is such a weird thing. If some I mean, it's a very superstitious activity to begin with, with because of the history that goes back with with all these sporting yeah. events in every league and every 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 one. They all have like Tons and tons of history, and there's just a superstition that goes along with it. Everybody's got their weird superstitions where they, you know, they cross their eyes or they they turn their head upside down or they whatever something yep. something worked once and you got to keep doing it. Gonna keep working. So they they missed they missed a field goal that was considered a gimme. He just pushed it wide. You know, there's like a famous sound clip and everything. Like he just pushed it. Like he just shanked it, and that yeah that that kicked off. And Buffalo is, from what I take, I had a friend who was from Buffalo that I worked with, and he's like, it's just, it's a big town, but it's a town with, like, an identity kind of complex. Like, they're in the shadow of New York. Yeah, and, it's in you know, New York, but, like... But, yeah, so, like, it's a Buffalo. big town, but it's a town that's dying yeah. slowly, kind of like a Detroit, you know. it, it It's just, there, there's not a lot going on in Buffalo. It's cold, you know, it's just, there's not a lot going on except for the Bills. And the Sabres. Whatever. <laughs> Hockey, eh? It reminds me of Green Bay. Like, if the Green Bay Packers weren't always winning games, it'd be a miserable town. Because, like, I don't... It is kind of a miserable town. Whatever. Either, but, but they have the Packers, and the Packers... Got the Packers. They win a Super Bowl from time to time. So, Keep you know... Moving. And they, they're always in the thick, you know? Like, wh whether they win a Super Bowl or even go to the playoffs, like, they're always in the thick. They never suck. So... Buffalo has just kind of been like a sucky team for. They were a sucky team for a while. They had OJ for a bit, so like they had that going for them. The juice, the juice. But the, yeah, they had that ninety stretch. So that okay. So here, the, the the setup is this 
guy who's in his, he's kind of a loser. He, he's a big loser. Let's not kid ourselves. He's a huge loser. And all he wants is for his parents to see him. They just like, they want to, they want them to care about something as much as they care about their precious Buffalo Bills. They're obsessed with the Buffalo Bills. Everything that happens in their life is Bills, Bills, Bills. And he's kind of this, he's not a, he doesn't care about sports. So they instantly they don't love him because he's not a sports fan. They can't relate to him in any way. And the mom is this kind of, she's like the classic, you know, uh, everything's Bill's theme. Like she'll make I'm snacks. Picturing like Margot Martindale. <laughs> who is the mom? She, I feel like she is, um, let me see if I can't pull up the list of actors real quick. Because it's really, it's really only four actors in the whole movie, honestly. It, and it's in black and white. It's kind of one of those deals where it's in black and white. Um, so the cast. So yeah, I already mentioned Vincent Gallo and Christina Ricci. Ben Gazzara is the dad. Mickey Rourke has a little part in it. Uh, Rosanna Arquette has a little part in it. Um... The mom is, that says Angelica Houston's in this. I don't even remember that. Where's the mom? Oh, wait. Oh, Angelica Houston is the mom? She's kind of unrecognizable. Well, I'm having a weird revelation here. Interesting. Well, there we go. Morticia, Morticia Adams. Adams. <laughs> Didn't even plan that. Nope. The best. Uh, well, that might explain because she's a f- great actor. So, like, and she she's so good in this. this the delusional mother. Um, so, anyways, so that's just kind of setting the stage. So, what he's this loser. He's he he fancies himself a world class bowler. Uh, he he builds himself up because so nobody he's doubling down on the loser part. Oh yeah, <laughs> he builds himself up in a lot of ways because he's such a loser. Like he he creates these fantasies to get himself just from putting a gun in his mouth and pulling the trigger. So he works up into his brain that the one way his family will accept him and love him is if he just had a nice girl. Okay? Okay. But he's a creep. He sounds like it. He's a creepy guy. Um, so he can't get a nice girl. He had a girlfriend that he talks about and obsesses about all throughout the movie, but we learn really that she never cared about him. And like, I don't even think they actually dated. I think he created, again, a fantasy in his head that he was dating this girl, but there's a real embarrassing scene later where you find out she didn't really date him. Although he talks about them dating a lot in the movie. So just big time loser. So what he does is he happens across Christina Ricci. She is doing some sort of she she wants to be I think a, a a ballet dancer, so she's taking a class. He abducts her, which is always a good way to. It's a good way to meet get somebody, a, get a lady's attention. <laughs> he abducts her, and he basically makes her go. They work out a deal where like he won't hurt her if he just goes to their parents and pretends that he's his she's his girlfriend. And that she fusses over him and talks about what a great guy he is. But what ends up happening is she kind of like feels sorry for the guy and just goes along with it. And there's just all these great acting scenes, like these long, awkward pauses throughout the movie. There's a really weird scene where she does like a like this tap dance number in a bowling alley. 
You know, like she she's just going along with it. And, and Christina Ricci is so freaking uh, like the alcohol's wearing out, so the freaking's coming out. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going to freaking. She's adorable in this movie. Like I've always like kind of loved Christina Ricci. You know, I always have loved her. She's well, and if you got Christina Ricci and Angelica Houston in the same movie, bam, you've got two of the Adams family. Bam, right if if only Gomez, if only. Yep. Raul Julia was probably Raul dead when this Julia. movie came out. Though. He's Gomez, but he's he's probably also yeah. He dead. was dead by the time this movie came out. He he did Street Fighter, and then he his career died, and then he died along oh, with M. It. Bison. <laughs> it, it was a Tuesday. Um. So yeah, it, it it's it's just a really kind of awkward movie, and playing throughout the background, a very important character is the Buffalo Bills. So what ends up happening is it it it. I don't even want to give away the ending because it's so crazy how it ends. I will I will go ahead and say that that kicker, the place kicker, like his, he he didn't turn out so good, so hot. I don't think this really it probably didn't happen in real life. I don't know if it did, but apparently like his turn his life took a real bad turn. He he instantly got cut from the team. Of course, like you don't you do. kickers are disposable. Teams yeah. just throw them away. Most if the you miss a big shot. kick, you're out. They just shoot him. And they leave do. Him. They just shoot him like Jake from Cleveland. Like yeah. he, he beat out the bunt. He's got no. He can't catch anymore. He can't run. It's anymore. like a just horse in the Kentucky Derby. Pretty much. You're doing him a favor, really. They'll just suffer for just the rest put of their him life. Down. Yeah. Um, so he he actually gained some local notoriety in Buffalo for opening up a strip club. Well, there you go. And there's this really crazy encounter between Vincent and and uh, that's this and the kicker. kicker. Yeah. In the strip club, and it's it's insane. And I, I I like I remember I watched. It's one of those movies. You look at it and you go, okay, Christina Ricci's in this indie type movie. Like I like Christina Ricci, but she's been in a lot of indie movies, and yeah. I haven't watched most of them. But I watched this because, and I didn't even realize it had anything to do with the Bills. Like I, I'm just looking at the poster. And I'm like, this is interesting. I don't know what it is. I'm just gonna watch it. And I was just transfixed to this movie the whole time. I highly recommend it. It's a weird ass movie, but it's really fun. And uh, you get some really good performances in it. So Buffalo 66, Buffalo 66. Is, is my instead of bad news bears. Instead of bad news bears yeah. and dodgeball. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? What? Don't touch me. All right, don't touch me. What do you me. mean, don't touch don't me? You're touch supposed to be me. husband and wife. I'm just trying to make We're the couple good. that doesn't touch one another. We like each other. We like each other a lot. And we span time together. We just don't touch each other. All right? Now let's span time. So anyway, what's your final pick? So final pick. I don't, I don't think you'll be surprised by this. Um, it's it's another movie from from my childhood uh-huh. uh, that... Uh, has has clearly made a huge impression on me. Yep. Um, it's about uh, it's about a peewee hockey team in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. With probably one of the greatest coaches of all time, Coach with Gordon. One of the one of the best formations ever. The Flying V. <laughs> that would be the Mighty Ducks. The V never had it so good. The V never had it so good. Iceland V eight. You they thought still, there was no top in the nope. V eight, but the Flying V. The Flying V. Yeah. And Iceland even broke it up at one point, but mm. as uh, as famously noted in D two, the Mighty Ducks, <laughs> um, ducks fly together. 
Yes. And one of, one of the things, because uh, there's there's not a lot that needs to be said, I, I guess I, I don't know if I'm cheating if I tie Mighty Ducks and D2, the Mighty Ducks, um, together. Cause no, go ahead, man. They're fantastic. Well, because we, we did the Rad Dads with the first yes. one, but I don't think we really talked about the second um, one. So if you want to talk about the second one, you can. We we kind of disowned the third one together. Yes, because <laughs> there's there's no reason for it to be around yeah. at all. Um, but one of, the, one of the things that I is... I like my socks. I do I love your socks. like those. Those in the picture. Get them in the picture. <laughs> One of little, the things that is a low cut sock. Fantastic about D two the Mighty Ducks mm-hmm. that bookends so well with my first pick, the Sandlot, Luis Mendoza, for who who, who played on on the Mighty Ducks team when they played in the the uh, um, the Goodwill. Was he games. the kid in heavyweights? He was no. He, he was the oh, same okay. kid that played Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Oh, so he, he played okay, two okay, really okay. fast, two fast athletes. So he was in he was on the, in the Sandlot and in D two, um, so like I had a double shot of Wesley. Yes, I had a double shot of uh, Luis Luis slash Benny the Jet. Um, nice, it's a great nickname. It was uh, I remember as destined a, for greatness. If you got a oh nickname like that, um, as as a youth growing up in Minnesota, mm-hmm. about the same age as the kids playing hockey. Mm. We used to play hockey on Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, when now, was we, it, did you say that they were filming the Mighty Ducks in your were, town were, mall? Or they whatever? were filming D2 at the Mall of America okay, okay. when we were there once. And the entrances, because at the center of the mall, I think it's some Nickelodeon's Nicktoon-themed amusement park now, but it used to be Camp Snoopy. Everything was Snoopy-themed. And there were four entrances to the amusement park in the center of the mall, and they had a, a sign up at every one of them saying, as you enter the Camp Snoopy area, just be aware they're filming D2, the Mighty Ducks, hmm. on the day we were there. It was in the scene when they're, when Charlie's going around with his duck call, gathering up the team. Averman is working at the movie theater on the fourth floor of the Mall of America. And so they're skating through Camp Snoopy at the end. We didn't, I didn't see them, but they said essentially like, hey, if you're walking through Camp Snoopy, you agree. But to, you were aware to, of their presence. I was, I was like, they're filming this movie here. That's exciting. This is a sequel to the Mighty Ducks. Mall of most... America was a real like hotbed for like nineties movies. Like it was a great. We uh, we went to the the Mall of America. It was. It was I've about, never been to Mall of America. It was a fantastic place. Ah, I should check that out if I'm ever um, in the area. It was. It was like there were there were a number of different stores, and it's unfortunate because I know none of those stores. Like we used to go love going to the WB store. Oh, well, uh, that was a really great, great store. WB store. Yeah, they had yeah. Oshman Super Sports, which is no longer in existence. It was a huge. Um, they had a running Looney Tunes characters wearing basketball shorts. Oh, yeah, my God, absolutely! Yeah, um, it was just like eighty percent of Warner Brothers' income. Yes, <laughs> just those sassy Looney sassy Tunes Looney Tunes. Man, they were sassy. <laughs> Backwards um, baseball caps. But uh, yeah, the the Mighty Ducks one one and two. A very formative films uh, of my youth, of my generation. My, I, as, well, as well as mine, yeah. And it was just, it's it's the same. That generation's Bad News Bears, really. Yes. I mean, every generation has its whatever, and I it, feel like. It was it was that same kind of, it was an underdog story, you know. Um, I, one of the things that I really love is, uh, just to highlight it, because Coach Gordon Bombay, played mm, by Amino Estimates. What a great name. Sentenced community service. Great man. Got to go coach this, this peewee hockey team. When they go to the arena to play hockey, and he sees his old coach, and they're looking at all of the banners. Yeah. All the banners they have up on the wall. The one year that he missed the one shot, oh, man. they have the second place banners. Like, I wish they'd take that down. And I just sit there and I watch. I was like, why do they have that up? Why <laughs> no, is there a banner? If you're a, if you're a dynasty, like, yeah. 
you have the one that's like, oh, look, here's a, and then on top of it, like, okay, well, he played peewee hockey for this team. Like, he would have played more than one year for this team. True, true. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Although sometimes these all star teams only get kids for a year, maybe. It was, but I'm sitting here, I was like, okay, there's kids on this team that are of varying age here. Yeah. Um, And even, even within that, it's like, Okay, he missed one shot in the final game. It's like, yeah, you could attribute. It's like, oh, Gordon lost. If he'd have made that, we'd have it, won. It's, but that's but it's true like, to real life. It's like, but yeah. the whole season. I know. It's like the Chris Webber timeout thing. I yes. Mean, you know, they would have never gotten there without him. Yeah, exactly. But everybody blames him for exactly. not winning a championship. That's so horseshit. It is. Leave Chris Webber alone. Yes. <laughs> Leave. Coach. People still do that shit to him too. Like if a if a player makes a mistake and calls a timeout. Yes. Oh, Chris Weber, pull up that tape. Let's no. beat that horse some more. <laughs> nope. The dead horse called said you could stop beating him. All the good people in Michigan are like, yeah. fuck you. <laughs> We've had enough of your shenanigans. Yeah. But yeah, so. Pish. Um, Fooey. Fooey and Pishaw, <laughs> as they yes. say. Um, there's not a lot more that I need to say about the Mighty Ducks. Stop. Quack, quack, quack. Quack, quack, quack. Quack, 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 quack. You may have paid for this jersey, sir, but you didn't earn it. I'll see you in the playoffs. Kind of hate this conversation has to end. It's a fun one. It is a fun one. Uh, we'll definitely revisit it. Sports movies. Good sports movies are Make fun. Make people happy. I love sports and I love movies. You put it together and you got It's like a Reese's, Reese's peanut, peanut butter, butter cup. cup. Look at that. We did that twice. Twice. Man, we are just Did we just it. become best friends? Yep. <laughs> Oh wow! So yeah, so that takes us to our final segment. That is yes, we're the post post credit scene. Post credit scene, which we already talked about. We kind of spoiled it. Yeah, it's just because we're not letting you know everything. We're not letting you know. We can't go three and a half four hours for you guys. We work hard. We work really hard. It's hard, goddamn work. Looking this pretty. We work hard for the money. (laughs) So hard for it. I was trying to do like a white men can't jump reference. You were doing that, and you you went the other way. I did. I went a different direction. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're gonna in the so coming up beginning of next episode next number episode. sixteen. You sweet, can, 16. you can divide that up into however you like, Mister Mathematician. Sixteen, our sweet 16. four squared. We're gonna do a tribute to, to Sweet Sixteen. Sixteen candles. Yes, all movies with sixteen in yep, the title. Sixteen in the title. <laughs> all of them. I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna have a hard time. It's finding gonna them. be a short podcast. Yeah, we're just gonna talk about sixteen candles, which I, I can't talk coming. very much about. No. Can I talk about another John Hughes movie that I like yes. a lot more? Okay. Any of them. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we're going we're gonna to do the trivia junket trivia. for the beginning of the next episode. And so that if if you didn't listen to a previous episode, shame on you where we yes. did that. That was a lot of fun. We're going to come up with 10 questions for one another. We're going to quiz each other. Yes. We're going to have a special theme that we're not going to know about until secret. the moment top that we secret. start. It's a top secret theme. And they can be uh, multiple choice. They can be single answer. You just got to know the answer. Um, true, false. True, false. Like, whatever. It's, it's up to essay. us. We can, <laughs> yeah. Yes, it could be an essay. You you have to write it out. I'm going to need your thesis. Sit here with one of those little blue books and just, just, just watch riveting us podcast. Just watch us write things. He's doing his doctor. Yes. doctorates on this bad boy. Um, but yeah, so it's it, it's a fu- it's a fun thing that we created so that you guys can play along too. You can play along with us. You shout it out. Adam defeated me last time. I think Barely. he had. I think he had eight, and I had seven, seven and, a and a half. Well, you you were very generous with the half. I would have run. So I, I'm I'm gonna hope you get. Uh, you know, try and make it. Uh, you know, try and make it one more. Uh, 
I thought I was doing really well in that team. You really pulled it out. You had a wrong answer up early. I had two. They were back to back. Yeah, yeah. And you just like, went on a streak. You you gained that momentum. And I got I got lucky. One of the questions was about fears, and I guess that, I, that was all. I did. I was always. Sandy phobia. Sandy sandwiches. Sandy witches. Sandy witches. <laughs> All right, well, hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next time. Okay.